Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Welcome to episode 45 of the official Geek Speak podcast. I'm your host, Sean. Joined as always is my co-host, Josh, Greta Gerwig, Stan, Rudy Rudolph. This is the podcast where we watch movies, make movies, play games, and more. What else can you ask for? Uh, this week, we are joined by our second ever returning guest, uh, filmmaker, TikTok, YouTuber, Sinjin Chapman. Welcome back to the show, Sinjin. Hello. Glad to be back. Yay. Well, So, introduce yourself. What do you do? What's, what's life like? Uh, I've been spending a lot of time making YouTube videos, making TikToks right now. Um, I work in the film industry, but the strikes have messed up a lot of that. So I'm kind of in this weird limbo right now uh, in that front. But uh, I've been spending a lot of my time working on making the content that I do. I can relate to the film industry strikes making things harder. Yeah. Yeah, moving to Los Angeles last January was a choice. I that was a choice. You <laughs> well, can make that know. decision. I wouldn't recommend it, but you can do that technically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back in time, I can change that. It'd be great. <laughs> so most episodes in the show, we go through a different Disney Channel original movie or DCOM for short, and we'll see how in a short period of time, the biggest media company on earth caters towards solely children with a large sample size. We'll see quality changes, etc. But today, we're putting a pause on that as we're joined by our wonderful guest. And we'll be back to our DCOMs after next year, next week's year in review, not next year's. Um, so once that episode's out, right after that, we'll be back to our next one, Hounded. Although, I talked to Josh, we might have missed a DCOM. We, we might have missed one. Doesn't matter. We've missed some before because they don't have them. We'll, we'll get back to it if we, can, if we can find it. Shh, they'll never um, find out. Cool. And, Sinjin, last time you were here, we talked about movie masterpieces, but mm -hmm. also... We talked about the Percy Jackson TV show casting, and now last night already we're on episode seven of season one. Um, are you watching the show at all? Yes, I'm one episode behind though. Same. I didn't watch last night's episode yet. Okay. I, Josh is more behind. I I've only seen the first two episodes when they came out. I'm behind on like every show that I've started. <laughs> but do you like it so far? I like it uh, okay. much better than the movies. Um, I don't think it's perfect, but I. I do like it. I have a lot of problems with it, but I think it's good. I think yeah. the episodes are too short, and everything feels mm -hmm. incredibly rushed in each episode. Um, yeah, the pacing just, is really weird. That's my biggest gripe. Really weird. Especially like episode one to me. I like where it started. I like where it ended. A lot of the middle part I wanted to be, have a lot more stuff in there. It was just cut out. Mm -hmm. Bring some of that back in the book. It was, it was weird. Uh, and there's some odd changes so far, I think. Yeah, I'm surprised with how many changes. I don't mind all of them, but yeah. I'm very surprised with uh, how many there are. And for new listeners, this is not going to spoil anything. Do not worry. Um, yeah. And if you are new to the show, welcome. 
each we usually have four main segments to the show. Um, we go through a decom, not today, but we have news of the week. Uh, this time it's ten days. Sorry, we're a little over that. Uh, and then we go to our main topic, which today is about our favorite big dino, Godzilla. And then we move on to that to our super weird stories, which I brought a funny weird one again. So get ready for that. But let's move into some of the news because a lot has happened. Uh, let's start with the wonderful Nicole Kidman. We're all aware of her. We're aware that she is now our our preacher for AMC. We come to that. That's my that's my temple at this point. I go to AMC theaters to worship every week. Um, it's wonderful. Are, are you all? Do you all have both have AMC list? I I work, I work, I manage there, so I get in for free. Right. I used to work at AMC, and then uh, our building closed down, so I don't anymore because there's not an AMC near me. That's sad. I go to Regal though. Oh, I'm sorry. I used to have work at Regal. Regal Unlimited. I used to work at Regal. Um, I don't recommend it, <laughs> but I don't work at recommend working with you in general because people can be awful. Yeah, I hated uh, it there. <laughs> uh, Nicole Kidman's suit from her AMC ad is being auctioned off for five thousand to ten thousand dollars. Should be more. Yeah, I, I was waiting for you to say like five hundred thousand. No, just I, I thought you misspoke there. Five. A suit, a suit that iconic that millions of people see every single week. Like yeah. it's got to be worth more. Apparently not. Which well, it's auctioned, so it could go up higher. You know, people can just keep bidding. I would hope someone gets in the millions. Just keep yeah. going up. For new audiences, uh, if you're on with the show, we go yay or nay through each piece of news. So both of you all, yay or nay on Nicole Kidman's suit being auctioned off first off at all. Can we have it? I think just... it should be in a museum. <laughs> put it but in the Smithsonian. Yeah. <laughs> the Smithsonian. It, but... Put it in the Met. Yeah. If yeah. we can't put it in the Louvre, then auctioning it off. Uh, um, you know. And is the price point a good thing to you, yay or nay? For five to ten grand, you, you gotta start the bidding higher. Much start higher. it at what? I don't know. It's about fashion to be able to give a pr- good price point, so I'd say at least two hundred thousand. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so I get this news nay. It's sad, but we uh, we did come to that place for magic, and now we have other magic with a show called Wizards is coming out for Disney Channel. I don't know if either of you all have ever watched uh, Disney Channel much as a kid, but I did. There's a show called Wizards of Waverly Place that happened for years, mm-hmm. and now it's getting a reboot focusing on David Henry's character, Justin Russo, because um, the original show was pitched to be his show, and then they got Selena Gomez, and everything changed. Mm. Like, the entire show was pretty much taken out from under him, which has got to suck as an actor being signed to it. Here's your own show. But, I mean, Wizards of Waverly Place was a fun show, uh, and now they're rebooting it with focusing on him, who has given up his magic and his teaching position whatever, Presumably for uh, a partner like his dad did. And then a kid comes to his doorstep. It's like, I need help with magic. And so he's back doing magic stuff. Like his dad <laughs> teaching that. I'm like, okay. Why? I don't know. Selena Gomez will be in the pilot. And I think making the theme song. Um, what the funniest part of this to me at all. Is that there's also a Wizards of Waverly Place podcast. Watching the show. With the dad from the show. And, the, and Harper from the show. And they both found out this news through just online discourse, <laughs> which has got to be, that's got to suck. Like, you're making a whole podcast mm-hmm. about the show and then nothing. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, yay or nay on a Wizards reboot? I, I don't know. I do, 
this isn't the kind of because they've already had like they've had the movie, they've had the finale of the show, then they had like a reunion thing like a year or so afterwards. I don't think this is entirely necessary, but who knows? Maybe there could be something there. So I'll give a tentative yay. Okay, Sinjin. I never watched the original show. Um, You're our age. Oh, so, <laughs> what? You're our age. How did you not watch this? I watched Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network much more than Disney okay. Channel, but I'm not the one to be against remakes, so I'm indifferent leaning yay. Okay, that that works. I think I'm going to give it a yay solely because it's funny that they didn't tell the full cast first. That's one. pretty funny. Other wizards happened, or happening. We're getting the Wizard of Oz remake, as that's been news for a while now, which, well, whatever. But it's by Kenya Barris. Kenya Barris says his Wizard of Oz remake will follow a girl who lives in the Bottoms, a huge apartment complex located in Inglewood, California, like Los Angeles area. He's also now remaking It's a Wonderful Life as well. <laughs> sure. The- Wizard of Oz, I don't have that much like against that, but it seems wrong to remake It's a Wonderful Life. So not not specifically making a, I guess like a like homage. Yeah, like an homage to, but specifically saying you're remaking this version. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, I think that the Wizard of Oz feels so much like its time period that you can make a lot of changes to update it, mm-hmm. um, and I think it can be like distinct enough from the original to where it warrants a remake even though i don't i don't think it needs a remake but i think you can change it enough to update it to modern times to where it works it's a wonderful life it's just gonna be the same exact movie like we're still in the same capitalist hellscape that we (laughs) lived in then so i don't really feel like you there's anything to really add to it's a wonderful life you know the real estate plot will now be way more expensive. That's it. <laughs> That's the plot. Yeah, I don't I don't really have an opinion on, on this much. I like for Wizard of Oz, when you took like the movie the, or play or whatever, Annie, from the Great Depression to the twenty tens, sure, you can do a lot of changes to updating that much. Mm-hmm. But you're right, it's a wonderful life. That's kind of the same story. Yeah. I, I wonder if it's going to be Wizard of Oz, if it's going to be a musical or if it'll be mm. just kind of like just a straightforward um, fantasy story or not. I'm going to give this a, a, a nay because I think the second half of this is saying he's also remaking It's a Wonderful Life. It's kind of dumb, but it's fine. So Robert Downey Jr. recently uh, has said that some of his greatest acting work playing Iron Man uh, was playing Iron Man, but believes it went unnoticed because of the genre. Uh, I was from Variety. I fully agree with that, and yeah. I, I feel like that's also what I love. What he he said this well, also like the day before, laughing at John Mulaney's joke about about the, about the MCU like, about Oscar nomination stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, because you can understand that you can poke fun at what you're working in while also understanding that I did a good job working in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think yeah. he did it great. It reminds me of Angela Bassett in Wakanda Forever, mm-hmm. and then the. Uh, I think John Mulaney made the joke, like, that's like getting a Pulitzer Prize for right. a Reddit comment, where it's like, she gave such a great performance, and it goes a little unnoticed because, I mean, I guess it's not unnoticed, it got nominated for an Oscar, but you but, know what I mean. I yeah. think the genre can put them in a box like that, um, mm-hmm. right? and kind of limit the potential that is still there. Agreed. Yeah, I, that, that That's I, the thing that annoys me with how 
just everyone perceives comic book stuff. It's not to say that, you know, they shouldn't be criticized at all. They definitely should, and they definitely have their criticisms. But to to just, like, avoid, like, talking about, like, the acting and stuff like that, unless it's something like The Dark Knight or The Joker, like, it seems insane. Like, The Batman from 2022 was an amazing movie, and, like, Paul Dano, I think, could have been nominated for a supporting actor in that. He was fantastic in it, or... Every other technical award it should have gotten, and it didn't because it's a Batman movie, and you know that's that's no no to you know people just because of that, and it very much annoys me. That being said, I don't know what performance of Robert I would have nominated in terms of like maybe just Iron Man one, I guess, but like mm-hmm. overall, I don't honestly peaked then. But I'm saying overall, like his, I don't think there's any one performance that I think was like Oscar they didn't throughout you know, he just did a fantastic job. I think yeah. I would say Civil War. I think. Yeah, I could see that. It would be funny though, yeah, I, but I, I forgot to laugh at the idea of Ken Merkin Civil War Oscar nominated best actor, uh, supporting <laughs> actor, Ryan Jr. feels silly. It does, and I get that. But I think he definitely deserves being more recognized, and I agree mm-hmm. with his comments. I yep. think uh, that Oscars award shows are pretty genreist in general. I think. With superhero and like comic book movies, but also with like the horror genre, Lupita like, Nyong'o from Us, nothing. Hor- mm-hmm. Horror movies just don't get Oscar nominations. There's no. like Silence of the Lambs, and Speaking then of Nope. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Got- nope. You're gonna get me worked up again. You're gonna get me worked <laughs> up again about Nope, and I don't. <laughs> I agree with that. I'm giving this yay overall news because I agree with his thoughts. You have Sinjin have seen I think one season of Daredevil season one. Or two, maybe? Of what? Daredevil, Netflix show? Yeah, I've seen the first season and like maybe the first four episodes of the second season or something like okay. that. Uh. <laughs> I've I seen seasons one and two and Josh has seen all three seasons many times. I love it. It's my it's my favorite Marvel show. That being said, are you at all excited for Daredevil Born Again? Uh, yeah, I I think I'll stay optimistic about it. I haven't seen Echo, and I know he's in Echo, so it's like a I, scene, uh, I think. Mm-hmm. What? He's like a scene, he's like one scene or uh, something like that. Well, I just I I mean I just don't know what direction they're going with right. it. I doubt it'll be as good as the Netflix series, but um, it could surprise me. I'll cool. still be like cautiously optimistic, and I'm probably gonna watch it still. But I I think the Daredevil Netflix series really peaked. You know, I do have Daredevil Born Again news though, and that's first off, Eldon Hansen and Deborah Ann Wool will be returning as Kev as not Kevin and Foggy, Foggy and Karen for Daredevil Born Again. Uh, Good, thank and God. I'm glad. Yeah, that's, that should have been announced way earlier. Yeah, why why are we left hanging like that it's, for so long? Well, no, it was insane because apparently the original idea, like they died like before the season even began, so they weren't just gonna be in it in the slightest. And mm-hmm. now, and like we, you probably have the rest of the stuff that we'll talk about, but just like everything they've changed and added, I'm just like, how bad was this original one? If you're actually doing what the people have been asking for for years now. Mm-hmm. We're also getting Wilson Bethel back as um, Bullseye from season three of Daredevil, nice. returning again. Josh is very happy. He was Bullseye was so cool in season three. I loved him. Again, I haven't seen it, so I can't. Comment. You gotta watch it. <laughs> Marvel is working on new plans for its slate of street level heroes as well as planning for the future of Echo. Past seasons of Daredevil are reportedly, reportedly doing really well on Disney Plus recently. Makes sense. So far, I'm giving yay to all of this stuff, except for this one thing. 
Daredevil Born Again is days away from restarting filming, and 18-episode series is no longer guaranteed, as the amount of episodes keeps fluctuating. I just, as 13 is is the bare minimum I ask for. I would love for it to be 18. I swear to God, if it goes down to 8, or God forbid 6, I'm going to be so pissed. Yeah, if it's if it's at like 6, I will lose any optimism that I have. Uh, I it really frustrates me Marvel's like design uh, like design of how they're doing this, how they change everything so often while they're filming. Like, I get working on the fly a little bit, but alternating the number of episodes by that much, like it's it's absurd. You should have that nailed down by now. You should have the scripts nailed down. You should have it all planned out. The exact plot, the arcs, everything, number of episodes, that's like bare minimum of making something. How do you not know while shooting how it's going to end, how it's going to play out? I could not imagine that. Like, I get the whole, like, secrecy stuff. Like, you don't want to, you know, things to leak and everything. Mm -hmm. But, like, when we were talking about Secret Invasion a couple months ago, and Samuel L. Jackson said, like, that there were just people that Marvel, like, had hired to, like, make sure that leaks never got out. And I'm just like, this is, like, an insane level of just secrecy that really doesn't need to exist. And it's like... Just trust your cast and crew. Yeah, like, the the cast, like, aside from, like, one or two slip-ups, has never really revealed anything, and it's just annoying for them to go on press tours and can't just talk about what they've done because they can't talk about anything. Mm-hmm. I also think uh. it affects the performances. Like, if you don't know everything about the story that you're acting in, how do you know what to act, you know? I To a degree, you can, obviously, with what is on the page, but if you don't know where it ends how are you going to know how to use your acting to build to that ending so i think it can can sometimes make them come across like lost you know anyone who studied theater knows that like as an actor you should be able to break any entire script every page understand yourself inside and out every other character your relation to yourself and you know you can do in-depth analysis you can't do that as a marvel actor you can't really study the script you can't study your relationships at all and it doesn't make sense Tom Holland being told, I thought this was a wedding when it was a funeral scene in Endgame. That's yeah, shitty. Yeah. That's awful. Or like Infinity War having like multiple different scripts and like the script was like locked away in a room that like you can only read like once and then like you get, you know, the pages on the day. I'm just like, I feel like as an actor, that would be insanely frustrating to like just want to do things, you know, as I should be able to do as an actor. How as a director can you direct an actor without telling them what the scene is? That's that's what's so wild to me. Like, what do you even say to them? Like, you're Tom Holland. You're you're the director talking to Tom Holland. You're like, yeah, this is a wedding scene. Act sad. Uh, <laughs> it's a wedding scene, but act like someone's dying here. When like, is that so the direction? <laughs> <laughs> you should know that. Uh, but yeah, I, I would. I, if I was a Marvel actor, I would feel a little disrespected. Like, you don't one respect me enough to keep my mouth closed with an nda like come on i'm a grown adult and then also like you're not giving me the best i can to give you the best performance so like what do you want from me do you want a robot to act this because that's what it feels like if you're only giving me a few lines of dialogue and not knowing everything but yes i fully agree with what you're saying uh i'm giving overall a daredevil born again news a tentative yay i'm happy that they're changing direction i'm happy that we're getting um 
we're getting both Karen and Foggy back. Bullseye's coming back. People who like the Netflix stuff being canonized, that's great. So Yeah. I'll give it a yay, but more so like a frustrated yay, because like it seems mm-hmm. like they're going with like what season four was originally gonna be. And at that point, why not just get the people that made Daredevil's net Netflix Daredevil? Yeah. Exactly. I completely agree. On to other news about the Marvel stuff though. Tatiana Maslani uh, isn't sure if She-Hulk well, season two will even happen. She said, I don't think so. I think we blew our budget. And Disney was like, no, thanks. First off, people are like, that's good riddance, whatever. She's having the cadence of a joke still there. It's like, you know, they said no thanks, whatever. Yeah. It's not that serious. Uh, also, it's a fun show. Have you seen <laughs> Ascension? I, I've seen the first half, I think. Okay. I never it's finished it. It's fun. The finale it is fun. great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you should finish the show just to get watch how it ends. Because that's very fun the way it ends. Uh, it's Josh and I talked about earlier in the show. It, it's frustrating to hear this that like the one show they've made that's an actual show might not get to continue is yep. incredibly frustrating. <laughs> Most time it's just like a movie that's longer. Now it's mm-hmm. not, and now it's gone. So wonderful. Also, yeah, it's not a guaranteed gone. Movie. It's not guaranteed to be not happening. She said, mm-hmm. "I don't think so." We haven't really talked much about. It. So you never know. What annoys me the most about the news is that it seems like the reason is money because like each episode was like an absurd amount of money and it's just because Marvel and Disney just throw enough money at something rather than actually like, you know, if they plan a season the more, like if they're, they won't plan out the entire season, but they'll throw $200 million at a single episode and hope it's good. Uh, and I think they blame the show for costing that much instead of the them throwing that much money at it. You couldn't make a, a She-Hulk show for cheaper than that. Like, I know the CGI for She-Hulk was probably expensive, but also you're overworking, underpaying your visual effects artists any, anyways. You can... Come on. And then same with, like, Secret Invasion also had a, uh insanely high budget. And it's like, how? Mm-hmm. I get that it's long, but there's no feasible way that it should cost that much. And it really feels like they throw money at it, uh, and then they're like, oh, well, we need to change something. So then they just throw more money at it. So they're like, oh, we need to change something. So then they've paid for five episodes for one episode. And then they're like, this show's too expensive. Let's cancel it. When it's like, this, this no, is Sinjin, your fault. Sinjin, it's required. They have to keep throwing <laughs> money at it. They have no other options. There's nothing like else that can be done. If they just pre-planned it before, they could have no, a reasonable that's not possible. That's not a thing people do. It's... You can't plan for TV and movies. You just guess. It's it's such a strange practice that they're trying mm. to make these shows like how they make their movies. And it doesn't work. And even like now with their movies, like it really isn't it's starting to like crumble more, um, with just like how it's being run. Like just take a break, take actual time to plan out these shows as shows and plan out these movies from beginning to end so that way you can make them for cheaper and you can make a better product. Nay. Nay. Sad. Yeah, nay. Um, scream news. Ad- um, we're going to be tentative with how we're going to approach this news. <laughs> There's more scream news? What else happened? Uh, just Nev Campbell quote saying that uh, she's open to returning to scream franchise under the right circumstances, which is vague enough to, yeah. For once mentioning Scream to not be political um, at this point. Cool. If 
if the thing, whatever, involves them publicly apologizing and bringing them back and actually paying them what they're due, cool. Yep. If, if not, That's... screw you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I just wanted to address that because I agree with Nev. Under the right circumstances, I'd love to see her back if things all sort themselves out. And speaking of Martin Scorsese uh, being shown things by other people, which is apparently a new genre of like his TikTok, his letterbox, whatever. DiCaprio says he introduced Martin Scorsese to Studio Ghibli with Spirit Away and Princess Mononoke. I want to have, I want to like, to see them just sing in a room, eating some popcorn together, just watching Spirit Away together, like buddies. <laughs> like, yeah, I love this. Yeah, uh, I'm just wondering how it took Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> for him to find. The watch any Miyazaki underground studio <laughs> studio Ghibli. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh I hope he likes them as much as I do. Yay. 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 So we got the rest of the Emmys. Any thoughts, really? Uh I haven't seen Succession or The White Lotus, so a lot of the wins so no. <laughs> a lot of the wins and nominations that night didn't mean that much to me. I'm happy the bear won. It's in it's insane that it was for season one, which aired in twenty twenty two. I do not know why that's how it was this year. Because Last of Us... Egot. that this, it's, yeah. Elton John's now an EGOT winner. Is that not cool to you? I I didn't know that. That's awesome. Good cool. Thank you. I All I, I, think all he I heard it. was EGOT, and I got very confused. Emmy, Grammy, no, Oscar, Tony. I heard EGOT. I didn't hear Elton John. That's why I got real yeah. confused. <laughs> there, are, there are EGOTs, Josh. Aren't you aware... Uh, Elton John getting EGOT though, I'm happy with that. Everything else, I'm like, yeah, sure. Emmys are not my favorite award show. I don't watch enough TV. I don't think I've seen any of the shows that won Emmys. I haven't seen The Bear, Succession, uh, Last of Us. Didn't see The Last of Us. <sighs> Hurts. I. You want to know how behind I am on TV? <laughs> I am currently on season two of Breaking Bad. That's how behind on TV I am. <laughs> Oh, yeah? I want episode three. <laughs> Season one. Josh hates that I'm saying that, probably. Yes, I do. <laughs> but, yes, I, I am also behind TV, so I don't really watch. But we also had other award stuff happen, because there always are. Critics' Choice Awards happened, and I'm Just Ken won Best Song over <laughs> What Was I Made For. That's just so wild, because, like, I'm Just Ken is a lot of fun, obviously, but What Was I Made For is genuinely such an incredible song even yeah, if you yeah. don't consider the thematic uh like implications with the movie mm -hmm. just like in a vacuum it's just a great song Amazing. anyway yeah. a better song than i'm just ken and then you add in the thematic implications to the movie and it's even better and then they're like i'm just ken it's a bop y'all clearly it's... why it should win I, I don't want it to win the Oscar. I just want to see Ryan Gosling perform at the Oscars. That's all I've wanted from this. He won't do it, though. He yeah, He's going he to do it, or else. <laughs> what are you doing? Are you threatening Ryan Gosling? There are plans in motion you don't need to know about. <laughs> do not hurt the baby goose. It's not good. It's a Gosling. He's a baby goose. Look, thank you for your thumbs down, Sinjin, but do not hurt him. He does not need to be forced to perform for you, Josh. Yes, he does. Oh, boy. Um, did you all watch the Critics' Choice Awards, though? No. Okay. I didn't know they were happening until I saw, like, the Instagram posts. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yep. 
who cares what critics have to say? You know, whatever. No, it's the only critic I'm... I care about is me. And I'm exactly. the most Minecraft movie news. A lot of it, actually. So, Sid, have you ever played Minecraft before? No. Cool. This is my topic today. I have been playing Minecraft for like 13 years consistent. The news today, joining Jack Black and Jason Momoa and a, a wonderful cast we already have, we now have Jennifer Coolidge joining the cast, which is interesting. Also, this is a live-action movie, not animated. I saw someone comment, it's just like, what if this is just a movie about how Minecraft was made? And that would be both the funniest thing ever, and also the biggest middle finger ever. I would love that it and hate it. would be a bad choice, because the creator, Marcus Person, is a bad person. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Pretty anti-Semitic, uh, a little sexist and stuff. From his tweets for years, maybe he's changed. You never know. But, like, I mean, when he was actively working on the game, had tweets that were interesting. Uh, so, you never know. But also, General Coolidge is being joined by Kate McKinnon and Jermaine Clement. Um, wonderful. Every time I get new information about the Minecraft movie, I understand it less. <laughs> Like, I, I feel would... like I should be getting closer to understanding what the movie is, what it's going to be like, but I'm actually getting farther away. And I'm But you've never played it before. I've never played it before. But That's wonderful. So I know enough about dragon, it. There's a dragon, there's a wither monster, there's Blocks. fun teleporting things that are purple. It's wonderful. And Jennifer um, Coolidge? Yes. Jennifer Coolidge, I hope she is playing every villager, because they <laughs> all they do in the game is go, huh. So give her that that voice. Fantastic. I just want this to be a movie where Jason Momoa gets sucked into Minecraft. That's all I want. He plays himself, and he's just stuck in Minecraft. That's all I want. The best part to me is that Jack Black is playing Steve, the main like character, because he looks blocky enough. His like beard is shaped like that. He's got a <laughs> he's got a fun look. Uh, I think that'd be so funny. And I really want if he's playing um, Steve to have. I know this won't make it mean anything to you all. But I want Jason Moe to play Hero Brian, which was like a community-based thing of like, ooh, a secret like evil version of Steve in the game, which never was a thing, but it you know spawned forever and everyone always ran with it, uh, ran with it. So I hope that happens. I want to see Kate McKinnon as the Ender Dragon. If Jason Momoa gets to play another villain after Fast X, I'm more than fine with that. I am cautiously optimistic about the Minecraft movie because I. Any, like, years ago, I would have thought, that's the stupidest idea. There's no way it's going to work. But because the Lego movie exists, I they, they gave me enough hope that a movie like this could be possible. And they might even do, like, a similar ending where it's, like, a little kid is playing the characters. Mm -hmm. You know, the movie is the kid playing these characters. I don't know. It could do something like that, but I'm just overall confused about all of it i agree i think it'd be really funny though they're all just playing on one minecraft server just actual people like jennifer cool just playing on a computer everyone mm. else just playing together uh all just trying to survive and just it's just one like live stream on twitch the whole time of just them playing it either needs to be very very like colorful and campy or they need to play it like as dead serious as possible like a hor horror survival movie uh, and then it would be funny because of that. Jermaine Clement. 
if there's anything in between that, it'll be bad. It either mm. needs to be over the top or it needs to be extremely serious. And then it's funny because it's taking itself so seriously. Yep. Cast your main Clement as every zombie. Dolph Lundgren says the final cut of Aquaman 2 is different to James Wan's vision for the film. Quoting, I was just disappointed for the moviegoers because I thought the original script was great and the original cut. Hashtag release the Wan cut. I, I love James Wan as a director. He, he can make some really good and really fun stuff. I don't know what the original vision of this could have been that's that, that different from what we got, aside from probably the ending. I don't know. I don't need to the see any other version. Your favorite? I look as the final shot of the DCEU. That's hilarious. As but I know. I see how there is a different cut. It definitely felt like the pacing was weird. It did feel like there were things, things removed. Yeah, there you could tell things were cut from it. But I don't know if it's enough to salvage the movie. I think it it was just so bad that for the record, Sinjin hates it. I it is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I <laughs> despised it. It was I was so mad in the theater because oh, it was just awful. And I I know that they cut like Amber Heard scenes because of that whole controversy and then so then she just like shows up and it doesn't make any sense. And then like I wish there was more Nicole Kidman in it and then I feel like they cut so much for a bunch of stupid jokes. Like, I'm not going to go too long, but there are three piss jokes in Aquaman 2. We talked At three about separate that. times, Jason Momoa gets piss in his mouth. Three times, Jason Momoa gets piss in his mouth. Cinema. I don't know what you're talking so, about. They had to what? cut all the other things that actually explained what the hell was going they on cut in the movie. Both Michael Keaton Batman and Ben Affleck Batman were both originally in this at one point. They should have um, kept both um, of those in. <laughs> Well, they, it was one then replaced by the other, the same scene. They no, both keep them these. both in. Confuse people even more. So, we, we did the episode of Aquaman 2. Josh and I both gave it, I think, tentative yay. He's like, fine. Um, yeah, that's how I got, that was kind of the vibe. It, just, it happened. Um, we didn't hate it. That was kind of, we knew you did. So, I, I, threw in some of your, I read some of your review on the podcast, actually. The but Flash is also, still worse to me. I didn't see Flash. So I refuse to watch Flash. It's good. <laughs> This is only going to light more people's fires for, like, release the blank cut, more Snyderverse stuff. It's, I it can only I cause more issues. I don't think I don't so, because, like, they've tried that with the air cut for Suicide Squad. That's gained, He's like... He's still trying. That's gained, he like... He should not. He really shouldn't. <laughs> but, like, that has gained, like, no traction. If this, for some reason, does, that's not going to gain any traction. Snyder, it did, just because he has a literal cult at this point. He's not in charge of it, but he has one. Did you all ever go to Chuck E. Cheese as a kid? Random topic switch, but yes. No. Why? It's part of the news. Chuck E. Cheese has a game show in the works. What would it they should be? It, it's a squid game, I guess. I don't know. Squid <laughs> game, but it's Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know. Do they? Is like a, ma- is a mouse man hosting it? Or like, what? what's the difference? Maybe it's like a kid's game show? All we know is there's a game from the works for Chuck E. Cheese. 
But what I'm hearing is Chuck E. Cheese has no money, and they're trying to do some crazy publicity thing yeah, to make well, people care no about them, and then it's going to flop, they, and everyone's going to be like, what the hell was that? They could have made so much if they did some tie-in promotion thing with Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm-hmm. That could have made them so bonkers easy. amounts of money, and they didn't. Have It'd one so adult nice. night there and put in FNAF, and where it's just like, you know, we'll try and make it scary or whatever. That's all you need to do. Nope. Instead, it's dying out because no one goes. Dumb. That, I, I'm lost for words, honestly. I'm I'm so confused by it, but it's whatever. Other game stuff. A lot of Indiana Jones game news. What did you all think of the trailer? Sinjin, I know you haven't watched a lot of Indiana Jones in years, but overall, did did it look fun? I think it looks fun. I it looks like a better Indiana Jones five than the movie was. My issue with it is why is it in first person? Like I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, it looks cool, but, like, I don't want to, like, be Indiana Jones. I want to play <laughs> him. Like, there's a mm-hmm. distinct difference. It could be fun on VR, maybe. Yeah. Look at for a quest or whatever. Yeah, I think it should definitely be third person. If you're playing a character that's already, like, named, usually you should be third person. If you're playing an RPG where you are that character, it should be first person. But I think from the gameplay that they showed, like, with the, the whip, I think that would work so much cleaner in a third person context than, like the lego game yeah then in first person it's just gonna feel a little clunky and then there's always something a little weird with first person about how their hands have to like come up and mm-hmm. then like when he switched but he had like the whip and then he switched weapons to the gun and it just looked a little it looks weird yeah wonky and it's just because it's in first person if that was in third person it would look normal you know yeah but then they like there's weirdly moments when it switches to the third person for like certain actions and stuff and i'm like so you know that it would work better in certain contexts so like then why not make the whole thing that we also have joel miller himself troy baker voicing indiana jones which he did a good job it's it's a pretty good impression of harrison ford i I actually for when it first started i was like wait is that it that Harrison Ford, but then once I listen to it, I'm like, okay, that's just a really good uh, impersonation of it. It will release uh, on Xbox, PC, and Game Pass later this year. Cool. I mean, it, it does look interesting, at least. Yeah. But the weirdest part to me, or I guess most, the coolest part to me about it, is that it's set between Raiders of Lost Ark and Last Crusade. Um, so that's just Temple of Doom, right? No, 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 no Temple of Doom. Doom Temple of Doom is a prequel. I realized that. Sorry, which is weird. Um, so Nobody it's good to have something. That. It's good to have something between those two movies at this point. Yeah, I, I like guess. That. Yeah. So I think it'll help with the if you just like keep making new stuff for the uh, franchise. You just keep adding it on at the end, like chrono- chronologically. It's just gonna get weird. So I'm glad it is like inside back the- grumpy old harrison ford have him play yeah. in mocap you uh, have a, a a hurt back meter for, for being old you, you, like a stamina meter you you jump two feet and you break a hip and you're wobbling for the rest of the game focus on shia labeouf's mutt from uh king of crystal, crystal skull that's all we need for the game totally yes you gotta swing through the vines with the monkeys what a movie I, I um, honestly like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I rewatched it before Dial of Destiny. It's honestly not that bad, but the there are things that don't work. You know what else is a staple of cinema? Uh, Harry Potter. I, I, yeah. For better or worse, known transphobe, J.K. Rowling, is still an executive producer on the new Harry Potter show. 
and now we're getting the people started pitching their versions of the show to studio so it's it's going forward still there's um, even without the the jk rowling stuff like there's no point to no point. this yeah like it's, it's an open closed story i think yeah i think doing I it know. again is dumb because there's so much like stuff tied to the ip visually and like just audio wise that everyone has like they have hogwarts in the parks you can't so you can't change that stuff for the show otherwise mm-hmm. it won't match it parody wise uh so it's gonna be you can't make new decisions without contradicting other ones already made and it will be weird like for the brand that's yeah. like that's like saying you're gonna remake the Lord of the Rings as a TV show, and like those movies are so definitive, like as adaptations and just as themselves, like it would be an mm-hmm. impossible task. And they're doing that with this because Fantastic Beasts failed. So they're like, well, a new thing didn't work. Let's go back to the old thing. Like I've heard the comparison once that uh, this is like the Percy Jackson thing. How they did movies didn't work. Let's do a show. Like, but the movies did work. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, I think that the iconography from the movies is so entrenched in the culture that there's nowhere you can go. You know, I think, honestly, the music of Harry Potter and then, like, the visuals are, I think, honestly, better than the actual plot. I think that the the aesthetic that they created and then the music uh, is so iconic with this the movies that if you do anything different it's not going to feel like harry potter you know the music is so tied to it you hear the harry potter music and you feel like you're in the movies again you know mm-hmm. uh fully agreed uh i'm giving this a nay that she's still working on it i'm giving it a nay that they've already started pitching it yeah hard, nay. hard nay for me yeah spunk news josh my favorite u- my favorite cinematic universe so josh what does spunk mean this is also the, not our word for this it is the official name of the sony picture universe of marvel characters so sony spider-man i think they tried trying to they I think they tried changing it to sony like, ssu like sony spider-man universe something also I, stupid I th- no i think they took out the p so it's s-u-m-c i've heard different way i heard spum as well anyway Madam we Web. need better acronym, guys. Like <laughs> our, our acronym game in the late, last fifteen years has been weak. The Phineas and Ferb Alka organization without a cool acronym. <laughs> See that works though because it's fun. Anyway, Madam Web, which is still a movie apparently, um, is set in two thousand and three. We're getting that two thousand nostalgia, nostalgia now, everyone. That's where we're getting it, uh, and it's its own standalone universe, for better or worse. So um, not only is this not in the same universe as the MCU, it's not in the same universe as Venom and all like the Venom. other ones. Yep. It's doing its own thing. I think Which... they need to make it more complicated. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, the idea of like time travel to save Peter Parker's uncle is still funny. So it's still a yay to me. We, we don't even know if that's the plot at this point that's yet. That's what it looks like to be. I'm going with that. I'll, if it's not that, whatever. But that's what it seems to be. Make sure he dies at the right time. I so, I just love the un, complete unfound confidence Sony has to create a a cinematic universe for Spider-Man characters without Spider-Man, and they also don't have the confidence at all to follow through with it. So now they're like, it's its own universe, but Spider-Man still doesn't exist in it. Maybe we don't know yet. No, they, no, they don't have the confidence because it was going to be Tom Holland and then they dropped that. Then it was going to be Andrew Garfield. Then they dropped that. So it's just like, again, no Spider-Man in this universe of Spider-Man characters. It was rumored this week that they were trying to get Tom Holland for it again. Just stop. 
it all down. Burn it down? What do you say? As... I shut it all down, but burn it down too. Uh, I, so... I think every everything in my body broke when I watched Morbius and I, I saw the post credit scene where the vulture comes to the Morbius universe. For no reason. I, I don't understand how. That's, how did no, he that's not how the spell sense. works. And then no. The vulture goes up to Morbius. He's like, "I hate Spider-Man. You hate Spider-Man. What? You know, but, Morbius doesn't know who Spider-Man is. Spider-Man doesn't a... exist. He's like, I think it's something with Spider-Man, though. I, I guess. What do you and mean? Like, yeah, we both hate Spider-Man. Let's go kill him? Question mark. I don't. They, they so desperately have wanted to make a Sinister Six movie for over a decade, and they keep... fighting for the life. <laughs> And every every villain they've made a movie of is a good guy. They aren't just doing Sister Six right. Movie. Give me my Aunt May spy movie. It's all we need. You see, why not? That one was so batshit insane. I wanted to see what that was going to be like. Oh, the Sony leaks. What a thing you were. Although I like, think the idea of making a movie set in 2003, 20 years ago, 21 years ago, which sounds weird. Don't say that. Is like. Inter- movies being set there now is fascinating to me. I'm writing mm-hmm. a short film right now that's set in like 2012. Like, and it's just not necessarily because I was nostalgia, but I think it might be easier for my plot and stuff. And like, I think it's- wait, things are this is so long ago. Go on, Sinjin. I think it's going to be interesting that we're definitely, you know, there's kind of like that 20 year cycle of nostalgia. And so now the mo- movies that are going to be coming out for the next few years, the nostalgia is going to be on the 2000s. So I'm curious to see how we, how the, the media kind of puts together the 2000s. Because when we think of like the 80s and how it's portrayed in retrospect, there are like main, like five main things, you know, this, the synth sound, the style, and it's not as like in depth as what the 80s were actually like. It's more just kind of like shorthands. So I'm curious what the shorthands for the 2000s are going to be in retrospect. Because, like, Silly Salt bands. Burn, Saltburn was in, like, 2006 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I think because it's set in, like, you know, the high society, it didn't have as much iconography as, like... Also, we're know, all American. Like, it was not set in America. So yeah, that's also fair. Um, yeah, so I'm just curious if they're go- if Madam Web's actually going to have good iconography or if they're just going to kind of say it's 2000 okay and, and it's, do nothing with it it's going to be you like a reference to... would have sorry it... you just asked if madam web would have good iconography i no it will and not i i feel bad because the director of this she's directed a lot of really good episodes of television and she clearly has talent i don't know what the hell this movie is though every i keep seeing the trailer now more than I've been seeing the Argyle trailer in theaters, and it's starting to scare me. That that is, is a really bad trailer. Like I think, Which honestly, one? the Madam Web okay. trailer. I the Argyle trailer too. But I uh, like that trailer. That's why I'm saying which one. Go on. Uh, <laughs> okay, I think the Argyle trailer is good. I don't think the movie is going to be good, but the okay. the trailer is funny enough. But the Madam Web trailer, I honestly think the movie's going to be better than we expect because the trailer is so bad. I think it's just the editing of the trailer is so atrocious agree. that the movie might actually be better than we expect because of that. Hold on. I have to bring up my favorite line from the trailer because the, 
It's necessary. He no. was in the Amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders just before she died. Yep. I couldn't have written anything better myself. Um, moving on, I'll give us... Uh, sure. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. We spent more effort on Madam Web than the writers did, so... Okay, cool. Jesse Eisenberg and Riley Keogh? Keogh? I've never known how to pronounce her name. Okay. They just spent two hours transforming into Sasquatches uh, and spent several days at Sasquatch school on set for their next film. The film contains no dialogue and promises to capture a true depiction of a Sasquatch's daily life. (laughs) All of that was not from a fake account like the singer. This is news from Variety. I don't believe you. (laughs) Do you want the article? I'm getting pranked right now. I will send you the article. This sounds like somebody saw the opening to 2001 A Space Odyssey, and they're like, what if we just made a whole movie of that with Sasquatch? So, it's... There you go, there's the article, not lying. It's an absurdist Sundance movie called Sasquatch Sunset. Interesting. I, I... Since they're describing it as absurdist, I'm more interested. I think it needs to be very absurd for it to be good. <clears throat> I don't think they can play that. If they play, play it straight. too normal, you, it's not going to be good. You cast Jesse Eisenberg as a Sasquatch. If you're not going to use him for in an over-the-top manner, then you're not using your Eisenberg correctly. Exactly. I give us a yay. Hard yay. Everything about I, this is funny to me. I'm there day one, baby. <laughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> Also, our second last piece of news that Josh is going to hate, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 has officially been renamed to Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. This just hurts my brain on so many levels. Like, I have a poster of it that has Part 1 on it. I have the physical copy that has Part 1 on it. People know it's a two-parter. What's the point of this? (laughs) If they wanted to do that, they needed to do that before they made the movie. Like, that's saying before we release it. You know, like if it hasn't been released and they announce it as part one, but then they've changed the name before it's released. I can get behind that. The movie has been out. Been out. It's been out. You can't change <laughs> For it now. For a while. Granted, not... <sighs> the title, the punctuation on it is just so confusing. It's, it's like mission colon impossible dash <laughs> dead reckoning. <laughs> Colby slash slash percent sign part one or something. I'm like I, my brain kind of melts when I read the title. Here's but the again, official... that should have been figured out in pre-production. Okay. Here's the here's the thing. You could have just left it Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning as a part one and called next part part two. You don't have to have the part one be part one like, in the title even. 
like yeah. the Batman, yeah. Batman Part Two. You don't have to do that. Aquafits Part Two. You can just do that for a sequel. I also feel like because they're all connected, like it's still they all are kind of sequels to each other. You don't even necessarily have to say Part One, Part Two. You could just have a Being different a... name for it: Mission Impossible: yeah. Dead Reckoning, Mission Impossible something else. And then when people watch it in order, they see the connection between the two yeah yeah like uh, infinity war was not it was originally infinity war part one and part two then they changed it to just infinity war and endgame and it worked fine the fast x is a three-part trilogy and they don't have part one on there again i would desperately want fast 11 to be called fast 11 colon fast x colon part two i want that because it's so (laughs) stupid beautiful the fast series names bother me so much I think you mean it's the best name film series, sir. Uh, I give this a nay, it's stupid. But the last news is about my favorite show of all time, Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, boy. Um, and a show that you all like, I'm sure. Yep, a little bit. I like um, it a bit. Yeah, a little bit. It's fine. Sinjin also, Sinjin has a Tech Talk page called uh, Avatar Sinjin that he doesn't use anymore. Ripped that page, unfortunately. Bring it back, please. I like the, the fun memes you had on there. It's, it's a lot of work to do two TikToks, though. Listen, I'm doing it right now. I'm already, I'm abandoning my main one for a Geek Speak one at this point. Okay, well, I edit my YouTube videos. You have Josh edit your podcast, so. <laughs> I used to edit the podcast every time. First off, we got the posters. Did you all see the character posters, the four ones they released? Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. The, yeah, the Zuko and Katara and Sokka posters. And cool. It's just more of the same costumes we've seen. So that, it looks fine. Mm-hmm. No new comments on that, really. The trailer. I want to hear you guys go first. I think it looks cool. I'm very like excited. It. It's okay. it's calming a lot of like fears I had, and I didn't have as many as like you know you did, Sean, to begin with. And it's like giving me very clear vibes. Of, like okay, they clearly are putting in the work in a lot of different ways, and it has me excited. I saw someone tweet out saying they hadn't seen the animated show, and it's giving them vibes of the Shyamalan movie. I'm like, so then you haven't seen the Shyamalan movie then, because it is not invoking vibes of that, at least to me. I guess the vibes are, it's just the characters bending. That's the same vibes, right? I guess. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's a lot of interesting, like, exact remake things. Like, the Blue Spirit mask is one for one. Like, it's no change on that. Uh, Boomy has his white armpit hair still. Like, there's interesting things. Like, you literally including that kind of detail? Mm-hmm. That's a choice. Um, also, I, I don't know how you do Boomy in live action with him looking like a person. he doesn't look like he looks like a cosplay to me but you can't make a really old really ripped dude look right to me usually Mm -hmm. um a man who's like 108 112 something around that range years old so that's a challenge it looks fun i'm confused by the eight episodes and how it's breaking down how they're remixing things at this point um it's eight episodes yeah yeah it's probably three episodes, like three. <laughs> it's this probably... is news for me. <laughs> I did not know it was eight episodes, and now yeah, I'm sad. each one is an hour long. So Mike it's the same runtime as season them. one. Yeah, but remixed around. No, I was just gonna say, I think it's probably like you know they'll mash like three episodes together in a certain way for it to fit together. I think there's ways that you could do it. Um, yeah, but yeah, I would again cut the I... great divide. <laughs> they probably have. But I just, I want TV shows to be shows again. I want there to be insanely long seasons. Like, it's ridiculous how far back we've gone in, like, oh, every show now is eight episodes. Like, 
five years ago, it was at least 13. Mm -hmm. One thing I like about this that I think is interesting is we're going to see the airbenders die. Cool. We see Sozin in this trailer shooting fire. We see Sozin's comet in both trailers now and the air nomads fighting, which that's a choice. That makes mm -hmm. it more adult, for sure. Seeing a genocide. And in live action, I think, you know, seeing an actual person pretending to be dead rather than a drawn person. Right. It's um, probably going to be a little bit more impactful. Or not as impactful, but stark, I guess. Seeing the Giato skeleton moment might be more painful. Uh, seeing Jet... I think everyone looks good. Mm -hmm. Seeing, like, Hey by the Spirit looks cool. Um, and having a moment from the actual intro that's never acted in the show of Aang on his air scooter bumping into the thing and falling over. A choice. Yeah, and I think that statue was Haybai's stat, bear statue. Mm -hmm. You can tell. I could do a whole breakdown of this, I'm not going to, but I think it looks good. But I'm still nervous, and I will yeah. always be nervous about this until it's out. Although it's out in like a month, less than a month. Yeah, like 28 days or something, which is crazy. Um, I do not understand why it's happening still. I mean, never have. I mean, money first yeah. off. <laughs> it's already a TV show. You're not, you're not making it into a new format. I, I'm not someone that's always against like a, like a live action remake of something. Um, I'm against the Disney live action remakes because they don't put in effort. That's why I hate those ones. But like this one, there's very clearly effort and love being put into it. And so that's why mm -hmm. I'm more on board with it. And I think there's always potential for something new to come from it, from a new adaptation of something. So I'm never fully against it. Uh, but you gotta put in the effort, and you have to like not make it the exact same thing. Because if you're doing the exact same thing, then there is no point. Adding Azula in book one is interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm curious what they're doing with that, and same with um, you like see the Fire Lord. Yeah, Ozai is prominently featured. Yeah, uh, which I like that they don't show him that much in the first season. I don't think it's necessarily bad that they're showing him. I'm just we've curious what they're gonna do with that. We've talked before about how. The thing about Ozai being a reveal of being like, just, hey, you look like a normal dude, like not threatening, you're just a guy, doesn't work anymore because everyone's seen the original show. Mm -hmm. Like, we all know what he looks like at this point. So it's not like yeah. a reveal. So I get the idea of not hiding it. It's clear so we can just have Daniel Day Kim be on screen. Because uh, he also, I've told you before, he has both been in the Afroverse twice with Hiroshi Sato in Korra, as well mm -hmm. as he played General Fong in the, the Afroverse State episode, book two. Yeah. Also in this, uh, they did a reaction of the cast reacting to the trailer and getting to hear they only him say, Oh, he's in the Avatar state was bizarre. Cause I heard general Fung asking him for the Avatar state, yeah. um, but it was good. I think it's fun. I think it's cool. Seeing jet blocks and fired protecting Katara. Cool. Why is this a little shooting bone arrow? Fascinating. I'm curious. I'm sure it has something to do with the archers, but I don't know why she's associated with them. Yeah. There's a there's a good chance to me that they're including her solely and, and Ozai really in the storm arc, mm -hmm. like showing the background. Oh, true. Because maybe it is like an, an episode, maybe two, just showing Zuko's story. That's our news. Cool. Yay or nay on an hour of fucking news. Overall, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it's been a that's a week's worth. What the fuck? Anyway. Welcome to the main segment of Godzilla. Starting with 1954 Godzilla and then touching on MonsterVerse American versions of stuff and then a bit of Minus One because that is just an incredible movie. I have seen um, so much of Big Lizard Boy this week. <laughs> <laughs> 
Look at Sinjin's letterbox. How much he's that, seen like, way more than both of us. I've seen an absurd amount of Godzilla in the past month. And I, Son of Godzilla. Yeah, so I saw before minus one, I'd have only seen the 1998 one. Me too, Gino, the, Godzilla name only. And then the 2014 one. And so I was not, I wasn't, I liked the 2014 one. I didn't like the 1998 one. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I like Godzilla, but I just, you know, whatever. I saw Godzilla minus one and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and so then I watched the entire Showa era Godzilla movies in like the span of two weeks. And now I'm on the Heisei era too. And then I went and watched the MonsterVerse movie. In the middle of it. Sorry. Yeah. So I've seen a lot. Uh, I'm Lizard somewhat Boy? of an expert now. <laughs> so overall, so Josh, your experience before this was just the MonsterVerse, right? The minus one. Yeah. So I never, I haven't seen the 98 one because I've heard bad things about it. Um, but like when the 2014 There's one came eggs. Out, I've heard. <laughs> uh, but when the 2014 one came out, like when I saw that first trailer, I was just like, holy shit, this looks amazing. And I saw it. I was just like, holy shit, that was really cool. Then the internet kept telling me it was bad. Um, for Like the last Jedi was Sinjin yeah and then like kong skull island came out the internet was very weird with that movie when it came out um i really love it now and then king of the monsters i gave me a greater appreciation for 2014 godzilla after watching it um and then of course godzilla versus kong big munchy big monkey punching big Big (laughs) what's that to love and then Um, minus one just absolutely incredible on every level so we can't talk about all of Godzilla because there's too much, and it's only Sinjin talking then. Um, no, I'm kidding. But no, there's, there's a lot of Godzilla that exists. Um, so I finished the 954 one this morning, but it was good. I mm-hmm. I liked it. My experience with Godzilla, first off, was watching 1998 Gino, as they call it, Godzilla in name only, which is just a giant T-Rex with eggs, who has no atomic breath, by the way, in that movie. they In the trailer, they show atom, atomic breath, but the way they angle it, is it's roaring and then something explodes next to it, so it like gives the image of, of the breath. That's all they do with that movie. Yeah. And the city is just covered in Godzilla eggs, and there's like scenes like in the sewers or whatever. It's a weird movie. I think it's a fun Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. It's not Godzilla. I, I like aspects of it, but as a whole Godzilla movie, it's not good. Agreed. I watched 2014 one like a year or two ago for the first time, uh, as well as uh, Kong Skull Island, and then I watched on the pl- on a playing in an airport like two weeks through like a month ago ish um i watched king of the monsters back to back with godzilla versus kong and i hate that divorced dad in that movie um i don't know the character, I don't know the character's name or the actor's name on top of my head kyle his, chandler yeah his energy is annoying in the movies you see his sure we'll get to it the, the thing about kyle chandler is that he is meant to make great in, inspirational speeches and he is not given any to give in either godzilla mm-hmm. movie he's in so they mm-hmm. don't use him correctly yeah, I can agree with that. <laughs> um, 1954 Godzilla. What are all of your thoughts on this movie? I thought that it was pretty good. I had never seen it until recently. I think obviously because, you know, modern technology and stuff, it's not like as impactful on like a suspense scale. There's definitely still like some very good uh, practical effects of like miniatures and stuff like that. And honestly, even though it's a guy in a suit, like it's it's pretty good. It's pretty convincing. Um I think the story scale inconsistencies for sure. Yeah. I think the story at first, it takes like a bit 
to get going and for me to like find like the right hook but then like once like the second half happens and like we're going towards the end then like it really like finds its way to like get itself into me i'm like okay i can dig this i'm down for this i love the original godzilla i think it holds up surprisingly well not necessarily with like special effects but it's done in such a way that you really appreciate what they're doing on a technical level Mm -hmm. uh the way that they create the atomic breath the way they use miniatures it's so just incredibly impressive filmmaking for the 50s uh and it's you can clearly see why it's had such an impact i really like it being in black and white i think it emphasizes kind of the the horror of it Mm -hmm. Uh, i think godzilla is much scarier in black and white than he is when he transitions into color a few movies later i I think the the dark black and white makes it really a lot scarier and i I, it's just it's really incredible i love the original godzilla i think it's good i'm saying that first (laughs) i don't Uh know he's got some hot takes i don't like as much you guys do I Here think the, da- the datedness for me really does affect me more than you guys did, I think, in this movie. I will also say, up in the room for all this, especially since it is an audio medium for a lot of people, um, we are three white Americans. Um, this, I'm just saying right now, because it's like, our opinions on this movies aren't as important as some people, other people in the world. Mm-hmm. What, what people in Japan think of this movie is more important than what we have to say in this movie. That's just out right there. But I like it a lot. I think it's good. Um... I didn't love every character. I really, really liked Sarazawa Eyepatch Guy. Mm-hmm. I liked him a lot. I think it's fascinating to me how much of this has been like referenced again mm-hmm. going forward. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Specifically, like even like 2014 Godzilla, Sarazawa is the same name like, of the doctor mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. other series. And I guess spoilers for... But also, spoilers for all these movies at this point, if you haven't been warned... Here it is for the MonsterVerse. As we'll get probably more specific spoilers at some point, but like general spoilers. Even though the series I was sacrifice in the Godzilla vs Kong to the one in this, like it's the same kind of thing of like mm-hmm. only I can do this. Let me do it, and then he goes and does the thing he does, and that's like a cool reference. I think that's a really well done. Mm-hmm. I th- I it's think also, what I gone. I was gonna say I also think it's just shocking the how this is ten years, approximately less than ten years. After what happened, after yeah, Nagasaki mm-hmm. and Hiroshima. That's um, what blows me away too. Yeah, right. And it reminds me of like the response, like in Bong Joon Ho is the host, like the reaction to the government, what what happened, uh, uh, flooding their flooding their their waters, and and how they decided to manifest that into a monster. It it's this. I think I feel like I was probably directly inspired by Godzilla in that same response. And I like the idea of taking what happened with governments and uh, politics and war. And putting it into literal, a literal monster is such a fascinating idea mm-hmm. in general, and a very original idea at this time. And I think it was executed very well. Comparing him to the bombs that went off and saying it's happening again, and seeing him literally melt uh, like power lines and seeing things catch fire was really well done. Yeah, I think I think I love... the themes of it are really, really well done. I really like with Sarah Zara um, how it's basically like his character is a critique of like you know us the americans for Mm -hmm. creating the atom bomb it's just like we've opened pandora's box and we can't close it now and so it's like you know what do what do we do we a if we have to use it we go down with it never to be seen again um so i think that was a really interesting um 
idea that they explored with that and I, my fi- that was my favorite aspect of it mm-hmm. what i love about the metaphor of godzilla uh comparing godzilla to the atomic bombs is that the atomic bombs were man-made and uh but godzilla is a natural force so godzilla isn't immoral he's more amoral mm-hmm. he's not necessarily a villain uh he's a villain in the sense of you know he's destroying the city but you don't he doesn't have like a malicious intent or or you know what i mean like he's not like, like a, a villain with fish. A, an it's evil just... plan it's similar to jaws mm-hmm. uh where it's just like a force of nature honestly godzilla could have been a hurricane or something like that and it would have had a similar effect where it's just an amoral force of nature whereas with the atom bombs it was an immoral decision like we made the active decision to build them and to use them uh and then that's what disrupts the natural order and that's what kind of awakens godzilla so i think it's such an interesting thing to compare both not just that godzilla is the atom bomb but he's a result of the atom bomb i will say it's also fascinating talking about this movie is in the same year oppenheimer is nominated for best picture just the irony. Yes, I think this is a really, really strong movie. I also thought it would be worse. Like, not in a mean way, just, like, because it was made in 1954, I thought the quality of it, like, would have... I, it might, like, America has parroted the idea of, oh, Japanese monster stopping the city so many times. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know it's American propaganda. I know that. Like, it's literally been around my entire childhood. So it's fascinating seeing here's what they actually did, and Oh, it's a beautiful, heartbreaking story. I think that's the thing that gets lost, especially in, like, future MonsterVerse movies, is, like, the humanity behind the story. Like, yes, there are humans, and they are, you know, acting as characters, but you don't feel, like, what they are supposed to be feeling in this literal world destruction event thing happening. It just feels like it's a regular Tuesday for them, which is not how a Godzilla movie is supposed to feel like. That's why 2014's works as well as it does, is they, like, they recognize, like, that this is a horrific thing that's happening and it's horrifying to be in any part of it in the slightest but then you get to by the time Godzilla vs. Kong happens and they're fighting in Hong Kong I know monkey I'm not denying the monkey (laughs) I'm saying though that the impact of it is not what it could be agreed Um, did you all have a favorite character in this movie in the 54 version I think Sarah Zara was probably my favorite Yeah. did you like Emiko at all the main girl in this or her father, or her fiance, or anyone like that, right? Like, there was the vibes there for you, that dynamic. I think the father was interesting of how he was, like, very much against killing Godzilla for, like, the science of it all. Mm-hmm. Like, he recognized, like, the horrors that would come from it, but he recognized, like, the the necessity, I guess, in a sense, of, like, seeing something like this happen, um, to study it and, and whatnot. Um, so I thought that made him really interesting, and then by the end, he realizes, like, ah, I've majorly screwed up here. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I think there's a lot of thematic parallels you can make between Godzilla and Jurassic Park, not just because there's giant lizards, but actually because of the life finds a way type of thing, Mm -hmm. like the natural forces versus human uh, technology advancements, stuff like that. I agreed. I also think it's fascinating when they basically said that, well, we asked, can we kill it? He's like, well, he survived nuclear war <laughs> i don't think so it's kind of the yeah. vibe mm-hmm. and yeah it's a spoiler i guess for minus one 
the same question it's the same about same that same question can we kill it and then like spoiler no it's still around at the very end and i think that's that's the idea of being a force nature is such a powerful metaphor and i want to talk a little bit about the filmmaking in this because the atomic breath was incredible the miniatures mm-hmm. were incredible the the idea of like i don't think all of it was incredible i don't think like but for the time all of it was just mind-blowing what they could accomplish and how they thought we should do it this way was cool seeing kind of kind of like a, the just discoloration of the film making it more like more washed out for the atomic breath as it moved across to the screen and then just basically lighting a match on something was really cool mm-hmm. i like that a lot I don't think that the angles this of the suit were always the best, especially the closest to the feet where it's stomping over. I'm like, this did scale fell off of it. The buildings like felt too, like the scale didn't feel right for the things around it sometimes. But overall, really fucking impressive. Mm-hmm. The boat just exploding was a cool way to do that mm-hmm. on the water. Mm-hmm. I yeah. expected to see like beams or ray or something. Just I don't know why. What I, like, I thought would be more visual to like just blowing up with like. How the fuck did that happen? It's a cool idea. Like as a person living there, wild. I also had no idea that Odo Island, like from minus one, was from this too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's interesting when I was watching this, just like how many like plot point similarities there were between this and minus one. I wouldn't say minus one is a remake um, or like a reboot of, no. of the original, but very clearly it's inspired by it in a lot of different ways. Um, so I just found that fascinating. I agree. There's a lot of similarities between minus one and the original but they're still so distinct uh and i I think just a testament to how good minus one is at remaking whatever whatever term you want to use for it um that it kept so much of the original but it adapted it and it changed it enough to where it's its own thing that has uh, a distinct theme but also still has the theme of the original I love that intrinsically all these movies are about just survival. Mm-hmm. They're about we always want to live. That's all it is. And for the beast and for the people, they just want to exist. Um, not And the fact that the whole thing is it's not possible to coexist, which again, in a monsterverse, kind of goes away a bit sometimes, um, is fascinating to me. And the realization of that we literally will not exist together and there's no way to do that. It's just a, and that's, and you referenced that to nuclear war and, the atomic bomb it's like yeah there's no way that we keep making these things we keep working on this that humanity will survive this um brilliantly done i loved it first on fun fact akira uh takarada who played the main uh i think fiance guy um yes um hidito ogata he is also in 2014 godzilla as an immigration mm-hmm. officer so they had a that's just a fun little like mm-hmm. cameo amiko crying because she told her fiance uh a secret from from a friend who loved her. Interesting reaction. For, like, yeah. Looking at the modern day lens is like, if very... if someone had a crush on her, loved her, over, and then told me a secret, I'm like, I'm telling my girlfriend Nicole immediately. Like that's just like, <laughs> I'm not keeping secrets from my future wife. That's not going to yeah. happen. Yeah. When you tell me don't tell anyone, that's don't tell anyone except my wife. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. It's, it's um, implied. <laughs> right it's just as a fascinating thing and seeing the reactions of like because i looked up uh, uh, he was like in love with her right that's what like on, i looked up on like online that's, that's what they were saying and stuff because they got weird vibes between them in the movie and it wasn't as explicit as i thought mm. i'd be interesting also i like the conversation with the how much the fiance fumbled at the at the table with the dad like the one thing he shouldn't have said 
was yeah, that was great. Very much I an mean, inspiring man moment of Captain Stacy. Loved it. The score surprised me how familiar I was with it. Like it's the same mm-hmm. score they've mm-hmm. used since then, really. Yeah, it's so good. I love it's the score. so good. I thought it would be. I know that, like the minus one and like a lot of the monster stuff using that like homage to that score. I didn't realize it was like the same thing from the original. That's just really mm-hmm. cool to me. I'm excited because I've never seen anything past this point in the same era. How the fuck do we get Son of Godzilla or the you know King Kong versus Godzilla? How does that happen in the older time? So uh, Son of Godzilla shows up. Uh, <laughs> there's no there's no mother. There's no explanation. They just go to the island and then Son of Godzilla's right there, and they're like, "Cool," and then they never explain it again. Does uh, all the, is all the monsters any good? That one. Which one? It's like Godzilla, and then like it's like all the monsters. What is it called? Hold on. There's a lot. There's a lot of these movies. Destroy all monsters. Yeah, that's it. I love that one. That's a that's one of my favorites of that era. Okay, I'm going now to your diary because I'm going to see how many you've seen. Uh, I have a, a list of my Godzilla rankings. Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. How does that come about for the first time? Which one? Mechagodzilla. How does that first come about in this this world? Pretty similar to. Um, the new one how did, yeah it's just uh it's related to aliens of course there's a lot more <laughs> aliens out of space in the the showa era at first so it's interesting because at the beginning of that movie there's like godzilla and he's like acting weird he's much more malicious and he looks just like godzilla and they're like why is godzilla randomly doing this and as they like shoot at him his skin starts to peel off and it's mecha godzilla underneath so they had Mecha Godzilla like look like have a casing <laughs> over him of Godzilla's like scaly skin, and so it's like a reveal that it was Mecha Godzilla the whole time, and then real Godzilla comes and fights him. I wish they had done that in Godzilla versus Kong, and then all monsters attack, which is an interesting poster. Yeah. Oh yeah, that one. That one's one of the weirdest ones because it's like a little kid is dreaming about Godzilla. So all the like monster fights are in his dreams. And like one of the monsters that he's fight that Godzilla fights is has the same name as his school bully. <laughs> and then like he talks to I think it's Minila is how they say it. The son of Godzilla's name is Minila. Uh oh, Mini okay got it. Yeah like Mini Zilla Minila. Uh-huh. And he talks Son of Godzilla talks in it because it's the dream. It is weird. It it's endearing at times because it's you know it's this little kid and he's dreaming. But weird movie, not my favorite. So for Son of Godzilla, the first line of your review in Letterbox is what the hell was that? It's just a one. The Son of Godzilla, at least in the Showa era, nightmare fuel. Are there spiders and ants things? What? There are like spiders and like grasshoppers or something in this? Yeah, so on the island, they, there's now like a giant spider and these giant, I think they're like mantis, mm-hmm. ants or like mantis or something like that. And um, Godzilla's basically teaching his son how to like fight, but then these giant mantis are just fucking up son of Godzilla and then Godzilla has to come in and take care of it. Yeah, it's just all on the island and it's just not as eventful as a lot of the other ones. One thing I think that's interesting to me is that well, is Godzilla in that kind of era of movies defined more morally or amorally or immorally? I think that it's in the first one. It's amoral. It's very in the middle. In this one, in 1954. 
Yeah. Then in the next few, he becomes immoral. He's more of the villain, like King Kong versus Godzilla. Mm-hmm. King Kong, you you root for King Kong because Godzilla's right. like destroying everything. They send King Kong in to kind of like tame right. it. And then same with Mothra versus King Kong. Mothra's the good guy, like unequivocally the protagonist of the movie and is a force of good. Godzilla's kind of the evil one destroying everything and Mothra puts him in his place. And then... Once, like, King Ghidorah gets introduced, Godzilla turns to being more moral to fight against uh, Ghidorah. Because Ghidorah's definitely evil. Which one's Ghidorah? Hold on. I need pictures. Three-headed, a three-headed dragon. dragon. Oh, thank you. Okay, thank you. I, just, I don't know the name of all these things. <laughs> yeah, so Ghidorah's the They called it Monster dragon. Zero, actually, in the new ones. They called. It, they still called him Ghidorah. Okay. Uh, you just weren't paying yeah, attention. What, Ghidorah's introduced and is, like, one of the big, big bads. So once that happens, Godzilla turns to being kind of like a reluctant hero because he is a little bit of an asshole at times. Mothra is like trying to convince him to like fight against Ghidorah and Rodan, which is the pterodactyl, and Godzilla are just fighting and they're like, no, we'll just keep fighting against each other. And then Mothra's like, guys... Come on. And this is all like portrayed through just like the monsters moving and then like shaking their heads and stuff. Godzilla Raids again, which is the sequel to this, right? The yeah, that's one. the first sequel. It comes out one year later for the first one. It, you can tell it comes out a year later. <laughs> it's not actively bad. It's oh, just your rating is most, not great though. It's just the most like meh movie ever. Like honestly, if you're watching them, you can pretty much skip it. The only thing that's introduced is Anguirus, who's like a ankylosaurus and anguirus is cool but the the movie as a whole is just so i just felt like mm, whatever after so did it. you enjoy invasion of the astro monster that one is a weird one i enjoyed it <laughs> is it a good movie uh I, that's another i love king these Dora posters one. yeah uh so that's fun. another king Ghidorah one it just kind of feels like because there, there's king Ghidorah the that movie and then invasion of the astro monsters right after and they're the same movie like <laughs> there's like a little bit of a difference in the plot but it's pretty much the same movie but there there's is a lot the, of these. If, have you seen the clip of godzilla like jumping doing a little victory dance uh-huh that's an invasion of the astro monster because he's on <laughs> uh a different planet so there's like less gravity and he does a little victory dance there's and... way more than i thought when i started then but... you regret starting now no, I'm so glad I did. It's been so much fun. So, if you're also for new listeners, if you're not aware, Sinjin has just recently done a challenge on TikTok of watching every movie in the Letterboxd Top 250. Mm-hmm. How was that experience? Are you going to continue to keep up with it every time something changes? Yes, but they just added a movie. Uh, it's this Greek movie from the 80s. I think like Weeping in the Meadows, something like that. I cannot find it anywhere. I've tried every pirating tactic I can find. I don't believe this movie exists. So I'm currently <laughs> sitting at 249, but I'm you. fighting for my life to find this movie. And I'll, I'll watch it eventually. Is it, yeah. is it on the Criterion Collection? Have you checked there? No, I checked that. Really? Interesting. Yeah. So Josh and I, the podcast, we couldn't watch the first DCOM ever made for this podcast because Disney has buried it. It doesn't exist. They remade Damn. it in 2020. So it's funny, it just can't be found. Wow. Uh, 
Yeah, so we're also we had to buy on DVD the '93 Mario movie, best purchase oh, I've ever made. We couldn't find it anywhere. You guys are using your uh, finances really well here. I exactly, that was, it was four dollars. It was so cheap. Okay, four dollars <laughs> isn't too bad. <laughs> That's less than a McDonald's burger. Any thoughts on '54 Godzilla, um, the original one, before we proceed to 2014? It's my second favorite Godzilla movie. My favorite minus, minus one. one. Yeah, it's. I do love this movie. I, I'm, I'm I, sorry. I have such a love for 2014 Godzilla. Like minus one is still the best one, but like after watching King of the Monsters, like I kind of want to go back and rewatch 2014 Godzilla again. That's, fair. <laughs> um, That's very fair. I think I will put this one just above it, just a bit, um, just because I think the themes of this one are a lot stronger than 2014's is. Yeah, I agree. I think this movie, I think 54 is overall really good. I think some of the character relationships are a bit dated for me. That's probably my biggest hang up, honestly, is seeing how people interact in it. I don't feel as natural. Also, different culture, almost, you know, it's it's been a little bit since this movie came out. It's been a few few days. So just saying the time and the place, it, just, it doesn't catch me as much. But the themes really, really did. And, and the story overall really did. And so that's why minus one is still my number one. We all loved it. Can't last year. It's it's amazing. It should have gotten the best picture nomination. It didn't. Um, very upsetting. But Oscars are all you know. It's whatever. Yeah. Uh, overall fun time. I'm gonna move on to to 2014 now for time for Josh's opinion about Brian Cranston. Look. I stand by, he should have been the star of this movie. He should have been the lead. From the get-go, he is the most compelling character, not just because, like, Brian Cranston is an amazing actor, but because they actually make him a full character. You feel for him, you want to see him, like, figure what, out what happened and everything. It's done really well. And even even though he's not in the movie for the whole thing, Gareth Edwards really understood, like, how to make this feel big like mm. um the constant of keeping it in like the human pov barely ever showing like godzilla and like the monsters fights like i know not everyone loves that but i think it really helps add to like the dread of the entire thing um it makes it work i think the themes of it aren't as strong there's definitely a lot of criticism of american military stupidity and how our solution to killing the thing that can't be killed by nukes is to just use a bigger nuke is like very on brand for america but i think the themes could have been stronger with that i love aaron taylor johnson he's a great actor he really isn't given a whole lot to do but again after watching king of the monsters and like not giving a shit about anyone in that uh i give them more respect for it because at least i understood why he was doing what he was doing and at least wanted to see him get to the end uh successfully but yeah i the spectacle of it is just incredible it's still one of the best in terms of that especially you know 10 years later like it just is amazing yeah i agree pretty much with all of that i this is the one that has been the longest since i've seen it i saw it last like a couple years ago so i couldn't tell you the name of the characters or like what their personality really was i think aaron taylor johnson was like in the military question mark okay and the most memorable was brian cranston even though he's in like 15 minutes of it or something stupid like that but what it does so well is the build-up to Godzilla. I, I'm personally, I love the long, slow burn build-up to it. I know a lot of people wanted more Godzilla. And then, like, you know, there's that one shot where the doors are closing. And you see Godzilla and it closes really quick. 
I personally love that because it puts you in the perspective of the humans. You feel that lingering dread, that horror of what it is rather than just the spectacle. Uh, I feel like a, we'll get there when we get to the, the other MonsterVerse movies, but it's very much a spectacle. It's like a WWE wrestling match rather than building to this terrifying monster. You know, I'm, I'm not scared in... Godzilla King of the Monsters. I'm scared in the 2014 Godzilla. And I think that's the perfect way to do uh, a solo Godzilla movie, at least, is to build up kind of like Jaws, where you don't see the shark for a while. Because I think Godzilla is more than just what you see. It's the everything around it. You know, you're, you, you don't see him, but you feel his footsteps. You hear him. It's that type of fear that it builds is really good. I like the Mutos. I think they're a little, their designs are a little monochromatic i wish Mm -hmm. they were a little more visually interesting uh but i don't dislike them okay i think this movie does scale the best out of godzilla movies i've seen like it's consistent it also is terrifying this does a great job of like showing people trying to navigate just the the world Mm -hmm. and like it's a and not being able to move at all because there's this this the human point of view pointed out is amazing i love the human pov in this so much I remember yeah. this like scene like on the railway or the train car or whatever they're trying to try go and they just it stops and just just seeing the awe it happens it's amazing I really love this a lot I was just enamored by the idea of like putting this into like a modern day real world setting how the fuck do we deal with this and we can't it really emphasizes we are not equipped to deal with this like you said just nuke and nuke that's a great plan and I think it's I just it's just a fascinating watch to see yeah to see the this big boy he is mm-hmm. so big and i have i don't that's just not talked about enough like in other movies the skill gets wonky again with especially the kong and stuff it just gets weird but this one i really felt like the, the ground pov emphasized it I'm, I'm sorry i just like like how big he is i really <laughs> like how big he is it's interesting that you talk about his size because the size has changed a lot in the a 1954 lot. one he is big but he's not nearly as big as the modern ones. But if you think about it in the in the nineteen fifty four ones, he's bigger than the buildings. Right. If you and then there's the Heisei era, which is the era right after the original. It starts in nineteen eighty four, and it's called the Return of Godzilla, and it's really weird to see because now in the eighties he's shorter than all the buildings because the, they're all skyscrapers now, and him he's around the same size as in the original. So he, like, hits the middle of the buildings and topples them over, which I think is really interesting. And then now with the more modern ones, minus one, and then the Monsterverse ones, he's much bigger. He's, like, as big as the skyscrapers. So right. it's kind of like scaling with the progress of the city. I also think it's fascinating. This movie works best when it's criticizing America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Follow movies don't do a great <laughs> enough job at that. Not um, really at all. No. Do they do also, a job at that? <laughs> uh, Kong, Kong Skull Island does. Okay, the, Kong yes. does. Yeah. yeah, Kong does. Um, and a little bit, I guess, of Godzilla vs. Kong and how they treat Kong a little bit. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really You're stressing that. Thing. I know. <laughs> I, I understand. Um, I think this movie does a good job because also, movies going forward, make Godzilla, you know, it, it, the movies themselves treat the thing the response that Japan had to us bombing them as he's a hero, y'all. You don't love it? 
like the following movies are they treat him as he's this force for good and if you if you keep the uh, the illusion of him being like this representative of the nuclear bomb itself fascinating choices going forward mm-hmm. also i like aaron taylor i actually like aaron taylor johnson in this a lot um i think having us connect so much with brian Cranston early on and him not make it out is a powerful choice um whether it's right or wrong i'm not going to debate i know i'm going to lose that debate you will um, thank you <laughs> but i actually liked not having him be the main character i thought it was a, a good choice to show again how powerful all of this is Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And also, Angela Johnson just want to reunite with his, you know, his twin sister, Wanda Maximoff, his wife in another universe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always um, so weird to me. It's so weird. It's strange because it came out a year apart. Yeah, yeah. There's not enough of a gap there. If, if there's one thing I really loved about this movie, it's I just constantly I rewatched the trailers for this before I saw each of them. And God, the marketing for this one is just astounding. Like they got just watching that teaser trailer of them doing the halo jump. Amazing. Love it. In the, and like even the poster of just like uh, the like far away wide shot of the city seeing Godzilla's scope compared to the skyscrapers. But you don't even mm-hmm. fully see him fantastic love it that's yeah. my favorite part of the movie <laughs> absolutely i think it's fascinating seeing where this goes going forward three movies later yeah seeing this go to the hollow earth <laughs> is bizarre am i right i mean and it's seems... called the battle axe and like putting it into the ground and it charging the world or whatever is an interesting thing to go from this it, it seems to follow the trend of how um, the other Godzilla movies do of like starting very seriously, then getting very silly because there's only yeah. so much you can do with a giant monster and taking it seriously until it gets silly. Yeah, because like the, the 1954 one is very serious. And then Godzilla Raids again, the, the second one is also pretty serious as well. But then by the fourth, fifth, sixth, sixth one you have aliens tricking the u.s government and then they like mind control godzilla using magnets and and then it's just a silly you know also a toddler dino who just shows up right yeah i will say that the showa era godzilla movies feel a little bit more genuine uh with their silliness than some of the monsterverse ones i it's just this like i don't know x factor that I can't describe, and maybe it's just because of the time period or what. It just feels more genuinely fun and silly, whereas the MonsterVerse feels like corporate calculated fun and silly. So, I used to watch Power Rangers a lot growing up, Mm -hmm. which of course was a really super sentai from Japan, and they, you know, took scenes from it and made Power Rangers. And I think it's fascinating, because almost all the villains in that are weird bodysuits. And specifically, any fight, like they, they always just grow big and start fighting and stuff and i think that's probably part of the like american propaganda version of like this is just what monsters do they just you know japan is just like you know just wreck buildings whatever that's how that's what japan's like whatever um so it's fascinating to me seeing going from as a kid seeing the zord fights that that's the only thing i've ever saw from a, as a mm-hmm. child from japan's media was megazord fighting uh goldar or whatever and then going to see 1054 Godzilla and seeing that same type of costume used, but for a mm-hmm. very serious purpose, was amazing to me. Mm-hmm. I meant to mention that earlier. And then going to this, 
which again is a very serious take on the character, I feel like. And Ken Watanabe as Serizawa on this is fantastic. Yes. Uh, he's, he stays great in all of them. Oh, absolutely. And then I, I think you're 100% right because the idea of the costumes and the practical effects of it, someone has to be in there. They have to embrace the silliness. Mm-hmm. They have to understand what I'm doing is a little bit silly the yeah. entire time. Whereas when you just have a green screen that they're all just screaming at, the silliness doesn't feel as authentic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's I, not we're in a room with someone doing this and putting their heart into it. It's mm-hmm. we're in a room with a camera and a green wall. So it just, I guess that's probably why that X, I think that not the hard one, practical versus CGI forever, but like I think practical, effect, practical effects do have a real effect on not just like the authenticity of performances, but on the authenticity of the audience believing what's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just ridiculous. So I can fully get behind what you're saying. I wish people overall loved this more. Yeah. Yeah. Because did you rate this once? Yeah, get it set four stars. Okay, yeah, I think we're all on the yeah. same page. This is like at least a four star movie overall, usually, or mm-hmm. you get three and a half, Josh. But like, it, it's is... probably gonna go up. <laughs> I bounced um, it between three and a half and four. Yeah, I, th- that... I think it's three point seven five. <laughs> I think it's overall very strong with some weird choices. Mm. Um, and that, you're right. Halo jump is so good. It's an amazing yeah. sequence. Uh, then we're gonna get to where we all think all disagree a little bit, and that's on. My favorite MonsterVerse movie, for the wrong reasons, favorite. Kong Skull Island. How's it? Favorite? Over 2014? I like big... Monkeys are my favorite animal. I love apes. <laughs> I love chimps. That's I not a good reason. No, it's not. I, I told you, it's not wrong reason. But also, I think it's just, it's, it doesn't take itself seriously. I think it's mm. really fun. I had a good time watching it. And I watched it, those first two movies, within like a few months of each other, like mm. a year or two ago. And... Yeah. It was like family, family movie night kind of thing. And like the vibe were just more fun for me watching Kong's Island. And I know fun isn't what I wanted, what we're going for necessarily, but seeing John C. Riley as a war pilot who has landed and is living among the natives is a fascinating choice. This whole yeah. movie is full of fascinating choices. That's one way to say it. Brie Larson and Tom Hilson needed more to do, I think, in terms of actual having a character overall. I think John Goodman being in it for like two scenes or whatever, it's a little funny. I forgot John Goodman was in the, it until he started talking again. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> the, John Goodman is in this. You know, this unknown underground actor you might have heard of, John Goodman, is in this movie. And they made me forget about it. It's This This movie introduces a problem that's prevalent in the MonsterVerse still to this day. They have incredible casts going forward um, that I just an amazing combination of people that could work really well, but they give them nothing to do. <laughs> okay, but the scene you've also, also seen the gift probably of the I'm not saying it to the viewers. The viewers probably seen the gift if you haven't seen the movie of the one dude holding like the flare grenade or whatever, walking up to the lizard. This cool shot. One like, of, I got this, y'all. One and of my this, favorite bing! jokes ever in a movie. Amazing. <laughs> just, just tail swept away and the wall blows up. It's fucking hilarious. I loved it. That That's what I really love about this movie is that the director, Jordan Vogue Roberts, very clearly knew how to strike the balance, at least to me, of the inherent silliness of this, but also kind of being able to take it seriously. Like, you believe everyone believes in what they're doing, but you also recognize that this is a giant monkey that's fighting a thing called a skull crawler. 
like it's very ridiculous but it still works and it's, and i think the commentary in this one is the best out of the whole monsterverse um yeah. of just like the u.s's involvement in Fully the vietnam agree. war just like literally flying to a place we have absolutely no business going to immediately start bombing them and then getting mad at them for attacking us for it like and everything with samuel L. jackson's character i thought was done great i loved um mm-hmm. just his relentlessness of just like no we're doing the right thing no motherfucker you started this <laughs> and like he's like kong killed our friends because you were bombing his home you idiot <laughs> Like, this is, like, that's, because I was 17 when I saw this. I didn't know much about the Vietnam War during then, because I was an idiot. Because school didn't teach us well enough. Exactly. Um, And now, knowing what I know, it works way better because of that. I like the ensemble cast. Like, I like all those actors. I think they're all really good. I think that it spread itself too thin with having too many characters, Mm -hmm. and that they each kind of had their own theme that I like, but I wish was fleshed out more like there's like brie larson's the photographer honestly i wish she was the main character yes. like I thought, like an anti-war photographer yep. with the military i think that would be really interesting and then there's like the that one line that's a little on the nose but i thought it was good where uh samuel l jackson says like are you gonna bring a weapon and she says like a camera's more powerful than a gun or something like that i yeah. think that theme could have been explored a little bit more mm-hmm. and then like I could see this movie being from John C. Riley's character's perspective and going into like mm-hmm. everything that he went through, but it never fully fleshes it out. And so I like all of the characters. I just wish either they focused on two or three or they, I don't know, fleshed it out. So you wish more. people would die in the first minute when they all got there. Honestly, pulling pulling a the Suicide Squad of like having like this amazing cast, then killing off like three quarters of them in the beginning, that would have been hilarious. I would have loved that. I I didn't care for okay. I like that John Goodman was in it because when he gives like speeches or just mm-hmm. like he's great. Things, I'm listening because it's John Goodman, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but his character, I didn't really like care for mm-hmm. that much, and I thought. I don't know. I'm not sold on the whole Monarch. So, like, so have you uh, watched the show at all, Monarch? No, I haven't watched the show, admittedly. But I, I like the feeling of helplessness that like the original and then the 2014 one have, where they're not prepared for this and they need to figure it out, and then their solution is nuke it. And it's that's like, the no, biggest problem with the going, movies going forward is that they're too prepared. Yeah, now they have like a whole division that's set up for these monsters, and it doesn't feel like there's not a sense of that helplessness, I guess. Obviously, they get it once they get there and realize that they're actually ill-prepared for it. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't necessarily love John Goodman's character. I think it's like funny. That what he's doing. I felt like they could have streamlined him, like not have had John Goodman, have just some random dude. And then like, oh, the officer at Monarch sent us here. And then he dies. And then it's like, oh, the one guy that's, you know? Yeah. I know he does die, but I mean, like, early on. Right. I I think it's interesting, uh, Monarch, the idea of that, because the idea of, from, from a filmmaker's point of view, America's solution to this problem is make a new military department. Just make another one. What's what we need? Yeah. One for monsters now. Because yeah. what else can we do? Yeah, I think Skull Island is interesting. Come on, we have Tom Hillison wearing a gas mask running through poison, fighting pterodactyls with, like, samurai swords. 
what is this movie really He's in the sluttiest shirt you have ever seen in your life <laughs> what they got the like all right tom you're gonna wear this shirt it's eight sizes too small you're gonna look great that's my loki <laughs> I, uh i for when i was rewatching this i completely forgot richard jenkins was in the opening scene for like two minutes and then just bolts out of the movie this is the same year that the shape of water came out and he got nominated for an oscar for it i find that very <laughs> funny i think that's crazy i've seen toby kebble now in three movies involving an ape kong school island dawn of the planet of the apes and world of the planet of the apes he actually <laughs> he actually did the motion capture for kong in this movie because he had eight practice <laughs> Makes sense. It's a great cast overall. Yeah, um, they just don't it? get to. They don't have much to do in it. Yeah. Um, Why was Mark Evan Jackson in this? <laughs> That's a great question. Every time he appeared, I'm just like, oh yeah, you're in this. <laughs> like, if it was for those of you who do not know who that is, uh, you might know him most as um, from Parks and Rec or from Brooklyn Nine Nine. He was Holt's husband. Great character in everything he was ever in. He's hilarious. He's really mm-hmm. funny. He's yeah. really funny. Why is he in this movie? I was like, I I thought the same thing when I was watching. Yeah, I think overall this movie, it's my favorite for the wrong reasons. I just think it's fun. It has great themes, great critiques and stuff. But at the end of the day, like I said, we get Tom Hiddleston wearing a gas mask, walking through poison, fighting pterodactyls. I like, wish... Was... Gets just fun. I wish that it built to Kong more. I think there was a little bit too much Kong in it. I think uh, I liked in like the original King Kong and in um, Peter Jackson's how they get to the island and it's kind of like this like what's behind the gate what mm-hmm. are they worshipping type of thing but that's just my personal preference with like monster movies and kaiju See, movies I like I the saw... slow burn to a big reveal I saw that in your review originally I'm like, uh, I'm like that's why I knew we were going to disagree because I think Kong this is like a good amount I think him early on the island is kind of a smart like to give them a sense of what they're actually up against first and then they separate everyone. It's like, what the fuck? I'm never, I'm never just terrified and alone. And that's here. That's I think it adds a different level of tension. That's not necessarily better or worse, but just different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the like the slower reveal of a monster at this point in movies is not always as good because especially for a movie that's like a classic kind of monster because the audience already is familiar with this thing for decades. Of mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So like revealing a giant ape isn't as scary as it would have been probably you know 40 years ago 50 years ago whatever you know it's not as compelling yeah but, I, but the reveal scene yeah. of kong in this i thought was done fantastic the, i agree the ambush was so good um i love jordan's direction in this the way that he does mm-hmm. like pov shots um both of like from like the human perspective and then literally from the perspective of them firing the guns at like no like oh there's a giant bamboo spider okay that's terrifying like i really love he he understood the spectacle of this i think more than most modern blockbuster directors do Mm -hmm. and it frustrates me he hasn't made a movie since this yeah Um, i think i like that i think now i can't remember i watched it a few days ago and i'm already forgetting but the scene where they're like walking by and they see like the bloody handprint of Kong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Had they already seen Kong at that point? Uh, yes, because they because yeah. they fly in first and then they get ambushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think like if they had kind of like hints at his side, like the handprint or like the wreckage, uh, or like uh, there were trees there, but they all collapsed because of that, mm-hmm. and then like they're like sleeping okay. in like tents or something and you he's walking nearby or something like that to build i 
I think that they could have the same like amount of Kong, but I think that arrange it differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's that. again, that's just personal preference. I don't think it's necessarily wrong to do it the way they did it. I do like having them be separated, though. Part of it mm-hmm. that was a good choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it just like the idea of because being lost is never fun. Uh, lost in a jungle with those weird Avalanche Airbender Canyon Crawlers. <laughs> weird. It was fun. I also just like weird animals because, again, Avatar. But it's overall, I just I keep thinking it's fun. But it really just, it was tense. It had fun moments. It had action. And, like, it had some heart sometimes. Not enough, probably. Yeah. But overall, I'm really happy with this movie until we get to the next one. Oh, which you. is, um, I think King of the Monsters is not bad. I think I know it is. you b- b- disagree. I know you lowered your rating, sir. Um, I'm aware. I think I, it's fine. I feel so conflicted with King of the Monsters because I think it has some of the highest highs of the Godzilla franchise and the lowest lows. Mm-hmm. Like King Ghidorah on top of the volcano. Oh yeah. Oh my god. The, this you don't get much better than that. The final shot of him just like atomic breath into the air. That was yeah. that, like, great. The imagery in this movie is fantastic. I loved the. I just loved the way that they shot the monsters. The fight scenes were done really well. Like mm-hmm. when you're going off of just like watching monsters fight each other, this is fucking awesome. When the you, trailers looked epic. Yes, and then when the humans start talking, it gets really, <laughs> yes! really bad. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Oh my god! Kyle Chandler's character was annoying me the entire time wait till you find out all the other characters <laughs> it's and what's funny is like this is a really good cast too like they have so mm-hmm. many good actors and literally none of them have anything to do vera farmiga is in this she has nothing millie bobby brown is in this she has why nothing why is she in it why is millie bobby brown in here because Str- stranger things was popular at the time <laughs> Yeah, and she's she's a good actress. So give her get a role, dialogue to do and she, say. She has she's sec- locked away the whole movie. She has second billing in this movie above Kyle Chandler. I forgot she was in the movie for a majority of it. I, when I went to watch the movie, only thing I knew about it was that she was in it pretty much. Because I remember she, I remember her from the trailer, like on the building, or whatever, like reaching out or whatever. And that's all I remember. And the trailers are so misleading for this movie to me. Mm-hmm. It makes it look way more epic scale and stuff, and just oh. Giant Tech Division. Okay. Bradley Whitford's in this as the sassy sidekick tech guy? I, I actually like Bradley Whitford in pretty much everything. Everything, yeah. Except for this. The, his role in this was the most irritating character I've ever seen. I could not stand his character in this. I don't know if this, the humor didn't land for me. Every time he talked, I wanted to turn the movie off. I, also, I could not stand this. Yeah, another amazing actor. Why is she here <laughs> and you give her nothing? I love, like, when she dies in this, like, they, they're, they like, mourning her. I'm just like, I don't remember what her name was from the first yeah. movie. Uh, I, I, Ice Cube's in this movie? No, his son is in this movie. His son's in this movie. Actually, Jackson meant to say, yeah. But also, interesting choice. Um, This is a bizarre... Anthony Ramos is in this movie from Hamilton... Yeah, as I the, forgot about that. He is as the other guy. as the other military soldier. Yeah, yeah. How okay? Do they have blackmail on these people. At, did they not read the <laughs> script before? I think they're doing what, the, what people did for the Tom Cruise Dark Universe, whatever. 
of just signing on like this would be a huge thing successful for years you have a whole setup now okay yeah. sure it's your, it's the next marvel whatever that didn't work out no the only people to, to go to the next one was millie bobby brown and kyle chandler and kyle chandler was in like two scenes in that one <laughs> yeah. i like the next one though is actually a continuation of this yeah like i wish we had samuel jackson i meant to say um um, um aaron taylor johnson also three mm. names and it would have been nice to have that kind of some of those 2014 characters come back besides yeah. kenwin nabe mm-hmm. no i th- i think w- the the worst things of this to me um the first thing is i hate when movies act like that the characters have like this deep emotional core to them where it's like oh i have like a dead child or dead parent or something like that but we never see the relationship at all that's happening with it so we don't feel anything so like the whole time when they're talking about like oh our son is dead this isn't gonna bring it back I've never seen you with your son. I don't know how the whole thing was. Like, yeah. again, credit to 2014 Godzilla. We saw the familial relationships, like, mm-hmm. both from Cranston and from Aaron Taylor Johnson. So, like, we got that. This, no, we never do. We don't see him together. So also, the plot of this movie, the, uh, the themes the of mom... this. The themes of this are wild. It's like, nukes are good because, like, it can bring about new Terrorism. life and stuff. It's very weird. <laughs> Eco-terrorism with monsters. Um, what? Also, the mom was convinced last minute because, like, I think my daughter's in danger. What was your plan? <laughs> it's just, like, even with the mindset of, like, we can release these things one at a time, you still knew billions were going to die from it. Maybe every person. Maybe every person on the planet. Yeah, I thought the, I... the villain motivation motivation and all that was really dumb also like her her partner um the like the other guy she was working with charles Charles dance Dance, also stupid yeah yeah Mm -hmm. there weren't really smart characters in this movie besides ken with nabe and he's just like kind of smart in this one compared to the last one why did millie bobby brown at the end use the device to bring them to boston what was the reason behind bringing them there specifically to save certain to save other people so we're going to put the people so, of Boston in danger. Yeah. We can't. Yeah, ben Affleck lives there. Boston? Ben Affleck's Come Dunkin' on, Donuts Josh. is there. We can't let that You've die. You've seen the holdovers? What a, that place is just terrible. No Boston, one can live there. Boston doesn't exist. I apologize for Boston listeners. No, it's it, it's nonsense. This movie, look, I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. I had a fun-ish. I was on a plane for a long time. I should rewatch it again, I guess. But, like, I think I just like Godzilla. I think I would consider it fun if it wasn't, like, two hours and 15 minutes. If it's it was, like, long. 95 minutes. Yes. It would be so much fun. Cut out why the humans, we're it, good? Why? What'd you say? Cut out the humans and we're good, right? Yeah. People. If it was just... Why is it two hours and 15 minutes? That is <laughs> way too long for nothing. And... Ugh. I really like the idea in this of i know it's a kind of dumb thing it seems to have of having um godzilla be a hero now or ever and going forward or ever. Mm-hmm. but like it's interesting i guess yeah like it the whole idea it reminded me of, like how you dragon like he's the alpha now commander people i'm like okay fine i'd rather watch how uh how you dragon but fine <laughs> this I, uh... go on Sinjin. you seem a bit exasperated it's like in not to be the guy in the Showa era, but in the <laughs> Showa era, when he becomes more of a good guy, it's more of like a reluctant hero. It's more like there's a bigger bad that he needs to stop. And so 
the human characters just kind of have to like guide him to like there's only we got to awaken Godzilla and then we just like cross our fingers that he helps us but there's always kind of that fear that he's gonna like turn on you or whatever and so I don't want he's been missing for years in this movie Godzilla's been missing for years yeah not explained he's just okay he's been gone okay Uh, also with the villains it is really goofy in the older ones that they have like aliens come but at least it makes more sense. The aliens come and want to take over the, the world. So they re- they release the giant monsters to destroy everything. That goofy, silly... Logic has it. It makes sense. Yeah. I can see why that. But then humans being like, we should destroy hu- humans, humans <laughs> because the environment? It, I don't know. That doesn't work. I It would have been very silly if they were aliens, for sure. But the logic would have made more sense. Like, yeah. even more, I just think, I think it needs a lot of retooling. To... I think that mo- like, I think humans should be destroy humans because of the environment makes sense only if you actually want to kill off all humans. Yeah, like all yeah. of them. Like the mom's like, you know, we'll see. <laughs> I don't really get what the vibe was for. We killed 30, 40 people. Cool. Two billion yeah. people. Yeah. What's funny? For all of us? No, I started a line. Where is your line? What's funny is this was dir- the director of this, Michael Dowdy. He wrote and produced a lot of the Fox X-Men movies uh, back in the day. But the movies he's directed are Trick or Treat and Krampus. He works a lot better in smaller scale horror spots. Than I didn't he- know that was the same director. Yeah, it is. This The plot of like, let's use like monsters or nukes or however you want it, like radiation to like fix the world. But, you know, everyone's going to die. It feels very comic booky. But mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like that works with this kind of, like, blockbuster kind of movie. Like, mm-hmm. it's both too far-fetched, but also not. It's a, it's exactly. a very weird area. Did you all prefer Godzilla vs. Kong? Yes. Okay, yes. To, to this, yes. Yes. I think okay. so. Yes. Now, my review of this was kind of a joke for Godzilla vs. Kong. I said, Big Monkey with Battle Axe, four stars. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I don't think it's actually a four-star movie. I just thought it would be funnier. Mm. But like, it's are we a good move on from King of Monsters first off, or even yes. more thoughts on how much we don't like it or like I, it? I don't I, know. I'm indifferent. I've said all that I have to say about that movie. Yeah. I just think it's visually stunning. Oh yeah, it is. It makes me mad that it's wasted potential, and that's mm-hmm. I hate it more because it was wasted potential. If it was just all bleh, then I would have I wouldn't have a strong reaction to it. But also, it's like so good and so bad, so I, I hate it. A few more thoughts that would pop in my head. Why the fuck did the whole military monarch ever start listening to Kyle Chandler randomly? Because he um, he once worked Chandler. with them and he can give good speeches, even though he didn't give he one in this. Uh, he gave like a you know a few lines in a row. Yeah, yeah, good for him. Good for him. <laughs> uh, and also, writing for one day. Also, they use whale sounds pretty much for Godzilla. Yeah, pretty I miss I miss the old the original roar i i really like that iconic i know it's like higher pitched and not as like deep as a lot of people would want but i like it was the was the reveal of the godira and this being an alien or whatever was that in this one or the next one i don't remember because i just i knew what? from the original that he's an alien so i didn't okay it wasn't like a reveal i don't remember right I, I, it wasn't like mentioned in i don't they blend together to me these these last two. they do yeah. I, I this whole time i'm trying to like separate King of the Monsters. Okay, let's and... move on to Kong then. Godzilla vs. Kong. Because 
Also, what's happening? Such a Hollow weird Earth. Plot. Such a weird plot. What's a, what a weird plot. Why? Why did the evil corporation need to go to Hollow Earth to get the thing again? I don't know. Because they were you already... I, I could follow the logic of the movie. I could not. because oh, they had brain problem? No, they already... Why. No, they already had the connection to Mechagodzilla, though. Or at least I thought... Look, I was, like, half on my phone while watching this. Like, I... Because I'd, <laughs> I'd already seen it before. <laughs> uh, overall, let's go... Hold on. 2014, yay or nay? 2014, 2014's yay. 2014, yay. Kong Island, yay or nay? Yay. I'd say yay. Yay. King of Monsters. Nay. Nay. I could do without. Well, I'm gonna be contrarian and say yay because fun, cool visuals. That's literally the only reason why this point in my head. I, why is Mike Wyatt Brown in these movies? She has more to do in this one. More. Yeah. Not a lot, but there's more. Yeah. Also, Brian Tyree Henry's in this movie. He's the, um, he to me. He's the saving grace of it. I, you yeah. could put him in anything, and he will make it better. He's so great. I love. Yeah, your nail in this movie. Overall, I'll give it a yay. And once once you get to that third act, and it's just mindless action. It makes it better. I'm going to give it a slight nay, just because I'm a hater. Why can't it choose a side now? I'm going to be. I'm going to say yay because my review, Big Monkey with Battle Axe, <laughs> which is still nonsense plot-wise. Why yeah. is, is... I have questions about the Hollow Earth. Why does any of it... Why? What does... How... Do, how? This so here's here's my thing with the Hollow Earth like it's it's very clearly been set up as like this is just another part of the world like where these monsters have come from. So then, who built the goddamn structures and temples and shit that are monster sized? Clearly, people didn't do it. I don't know if giant monkeys had the brain capacity to understand what a temple That's is. That's my thoughts. Actually, is like mm. I, I think Kong's people did that, but, but it doesn't why? make sense. <laughs> Because it looks what, cool. Fuck if I know. <laughs> Go on. This this one also has a great cast that is so underutilized. Alexander mm -hmm. Skarsgård and Rebecca Hall are given fuck all to do in this. I don't know why yeah. they're here. The small deaf girl is amazing. Oh yeah, she's good. Mm -hmm. Made me Every sad. Every time I just think about the hollow earth and try to understand it, I feel like my brain turns into liquid. Because it just... It's just... I. It's it's maybe one of it'll the, make it's, maybe it'll make a more sense or like flow better in the sequel because I feel like the next one's gonna like explain that more or just like where they're heading, but in a vacuum I'm just like what is even happening here? It feels These movies went from transformer it went from like deep thematic to transformers like a to extinction level of weird. Yeah, mm -hmm. it the Hollow Earth stuff feels like that. It's like a reaction to how the internet is of just constantly being like, well, how's this? How's this? How's this? Rather than just accepting things. So there always has to be an explanation for stuff like this. So now it's like, oh, these monsters, they, they just didn't appear. They weren't hiding underground. There is a literal other planet in our planet. And I'm just like, what? Wait, scientifically, how? Where's the, core, know. where's the core of our planet then? Where's the other gravity getting pulled from? How can there be no. two gravities at once? I, I I agree that it's... I feel like modern audiences want more explanations and they don't necessarily just accept things. And that's not necessarily a good or bad thing. I think it's Which, just... Right now, we're, doing like, we're actually asking questions currently and want more explanation. But also, yeah. they provided a dumb explanation first. Yeah. Yeah. 
But like in in some of the originals, the monsters just kind of show up, and you're like, yeah, there's a giant Ankylosaurus. That's how it is. And then now it feels like there has to be like a lore explanation, and I don't know. The the lore explanations then are just a hollow earth, and then there's crystals, and then the axe, and in the next one there's a bigger monkey. Whose axe was that? It was a past Kong ancestor that was took the scale, I guess, of Godzilla or of Godzilla's ancestor. I don't know. Look, it gets also, us to the final battle between them, and it's stupid fun. Yeah. The the fact that there's now just a giant hole to the core of the Earth from the surface. What? Science. Cool. <laughs> um, I have more questions. Do we all have more questions about this movie? Because I have a lot of questions. Um. <laughs> I what either the fuck? have 1,000 questions or zero questions. My question is mostly just what the fuck. But, yeah, what the fuck? I yeah. I watched this and thought, at least I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in an airport. I could, be doing, I could be watching anything else on my phone. I've chosen to watch this series. Watch so, it on um, your phone? I was in there, yeah, I was like literally earbuds I'm in. I'm calling David Lynch right now, and he's he's going to shoot you. I was in an airport trying, for David eight Lynch hours. <laughs> No excuses. <laughs> it was either that or spend more money on overpriced stuff or play casino games. Because <laughs> uh, I was in Vegas for hours, and they have casino like slot machines in the Vegas airport right outside the plane. Yeah, well, which... go in there, make some money, and then come back out. It's simple as that. Yeah, I'll become rich right away. Exactly. Um, no, this was a weird experience for me. Tired, layover felt, jet-lagged already from a few hours of being weird, and then mm-hmm. watching... Mecha Godzilla be invented by evil billionaire to fight Godzilla to become the alpha over him, but then there's Kong. Yeah, the, for a reason. Yeah. Ex- Why is Kong here? To find the the Hollow Earth gem for to make Mecha Godzilla. Why is Kong here? <laughs> the Mecha Godzilla. They don't even have a real good explanation for creating him because like, evil man. But no, because Godzilla in this universe has been keeping everything under control at this point. There's literally no reason to do this. <laughs> it's the BVS approach of if there's even a 1% chance he's our enemy, which has an absolute certainty. You know, now that I think about it, this is borrowing a lot more from Batman vs. Superman, which is not necessarily a good thing. I um, feel very conflicted. Speaking of Mechagodzilla, I'm very conflicted on his design. Because mm-hmm. every now and then I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And then it cuts to another angle and I'm like, oh, I don't yeah. like it. I think that my main issue is that it's too skinny. Mm-hmm. I wish that its shape was more like what Godzilla looks like, make him a little chunkier. Uh, I like the his like spine. I think the spine is really cool, but I wish that the shape of it was much more like Godzilla. I don't know why he has Mecha Godzilla has like a Chris Bumstead V taper with like a, a little waist <laughs> and broad shoulders. Like it's Mecha Godzilla. Not Mr. Olympia. Why are... I, I um, love, like, when Mechagodzilla just, like, goes off the rails that they don't even bother trying to explain why. It's just like, he's just out of control now. And it's just like, we're gonna Mecha know Godzilla. why? <laughs> Do we know why? No? Okay, why sure. Is Isaac, why is Isaac Gonzalez in this? As henchwoman? Thank you! You put Isaac Gonzalez in your movie. You need to use her, but what do you I don't? know? No, you don't. You've proven that. We've and, proven you could just put anybody in any of these movies and not use them at all. These started with such a high high to me. The whole this oh, franchise. Yeah. Um, I'm, okay, I am so curious how Godzilla. 
X-Kong, Cross-Kong, whatever that is. Um, yeah, what are they calling it? Because I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like the name. I think it's just Godzilla Kong. But like, just, why not just do a plus thing? Godzilla plus Kong. Look, man, I don't Who have Kong, answers. Who Godzilla? Look, all I know is that for the for the next one, it's just they're fighting a much bigger Kong, which is just like, sure, and Kong has an Infinity Gauntlet now. Why the fuck not? Yeah, this could I, exist in the same universe. You know what? You're not wrong. Rampage with that movie is also not good. <laughs> Rampage is far worse though. <laughs> You called it aggressively bad, Sinjin. It is it, aggressively bad. It's re- I saw it in theaters, and I instantly forgot it. It's one of his I worst movies. I love the games. I, so I love the game Rampage, and which is fun. And then oh, yeah. You drink a monster energy drink, turn to a monster, and then start eating people. Now, this is just like a oh. meteor makes monsters bigger. Same thing, so, right? Speaking of the game, this is slight tangent. That's fine. Sorry, but okay, um, point. I had... When I was younger, I used to play this like Godzilla Destroy All Monsters game on the PlayStation 2. And uh, that was like my main knowledge of Godzilla. And then when I'm watching these in the movies, I was, I was watching Return of Godzilla. And he starts like destroying the city. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that looks just like the, the map in Godzilla Destroy All Monsters. And then I sat for a few seconds and I'm like, that's called Tokyo, Sinjin. <laughs> That is just a real city, and that's what the city looks like. That is not the map from Godzilla Destroy All Monsters from PlayStation 2. People that's visiting Tokyo. cities from GTA, but this is for that game. It was a very humbling experience when I caught myself doing that. Oh my god. Um, okay. I feel like we have to address the plot with the conspiracy podcaster on a podcast here. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry plays a podcaster who is... Everyone's crazy, you know... FBI's after him or whatever in his, in his head because, you know, he knows stuff about companies. Um, and then Millie Brown finds him immediately. Because she's her a smart kid. Her. And her fa- her friend who is introduced in this movie, they use his car, they go there in his van or whatever, and they go with random adult man who they do not know. That's, that was what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> he kidnaps who's, her. Who's also presumed sketchy by her parents or her dad. This feels weird. And then they go into a, an abandoned area together in a company. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah, that part is kind it of It didn't wild. read well, right? No. no. Okay. But look, you put Julian Dennison in your movie, you're going to utilize him. You, you don't put someone from Hunt for the Wilder People in your movie and not use them. <laughs> he is fun in Deadpool 2 as well. Yeah. He's a good actor. I like him a lot. I do too. Which is bizarre. He's in this too. I don't understand the castings in these movies. Pay- paychecks speak a lot. <laughs> Lance Reddick is in this movie. He's in it for a scene and for like two lines. I forgot Lance Reddick was in it. <laughs> Didn't you just watch it? I had to... Yes! <laughs> I had to rack my brain. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. Josh, you watched this movie like today, right? Literally, literally, last, today. literally last night. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Monsters. There's a lot of them now. And they aren't dressed again, really. Literally not dressed at all in this movie. Where are and they? Last... What have they done? Who the fuck knows? Same with the last movie, really. They kind of like all just showed up at the end, and that was really it. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, let's go be buddy-buddy and go our separate ways. No, okay, so here's the thing about the credits of King of the Monsters. Like, when the credits start, it's literally proving the mom right of just, like, har- harmony is happening. Like, life is great and everything. It, literally, if Ghidorah didn't show up, everything would have been fine. 
it is an insanely weird message from that movie. Remember, yeah. the message is America is right for what they did because <laughs> the monsters are good, gal. Remember, they did anything wrong. The other people did bad things. The alien. Mm. Look, man, these movies, I have questions, and now I'm, I will never get answers fully. I think they're just fun. At the end of the day, we get fun colors and a lot of water. Also, bring Godzilla back to the ocean. Stop making him a land boy. Yeah, I can agree with that. <laughs> Which brings us to the one where he's most ocean boy. Minus one. I really liked how much yeah. ocean... like Which, ocean I don't want to touch minus one too long because we don't have a lot of time. And also, we all just love it. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot to say about it besides, like, it was great. Go see it. Also, it's still in some theaters. I don't want to spoil that movie. It's the black and white version comes out this weekend. Are yeah. You gonna, did you see that? Yes, yes. of course I'm going to see it. <laughs> My wife hasn't seen it yet, so oh. I'm taking her to go see it. I want to say Godzilla Minus One is tragic throughout, and I loved it, and I cried. Yep. Yeah. It's so... The, the thematics of it are so consistent throughout mm-hmm. the entire movie which you cannot say for the monster verse where the themes are just kind of like they say something and then they contradict it with the awesome monster fight yep the the survivor guilt survivor's guilt and also just the original metaphor of like the atomic bomb are both at play in minus one throughout the movie and like yes. every scene elevates those themes perfectly. also odo island has a different purpose in that one than it does in the original one as well mm-hmm. it's also a fictional place um but like, I, it's for, <laughs> I did too i'm like is it real i'm like i'm because it's brought up in both I'm like hold on i uh, think it's fictional because in this one it's like for where pilots land or whatever yeah um, to repairs and mm-hmm. this pilot wasn't supposed to be there all i'm gonna say i one of my favorite themes that this movie explores and i don't watch much japanese cinema so i don't know how often this is explored but i really thought it was interesting how this explores jet the japan's military strategy during the war of just like you know sacrificing yourself for the greater good like is the way it's the only way and how this movie is actively criticizing it at every turn i thought that was really interesting um because the main character is a kamikaze pilot um who you know spoilers doesn't do what he's supposed to do and everyone is just like you're a piece of shit for not doing that and you know movie you know grows and everything like that but i thought that was a really interesting um aspect to explore Mm -hmm. yeah that feels like a much more modern like retrospect on it i'm definitely not an expert on japanese cinema and japanese culture but world war ii buff come on i'm not but from i have seen a good amount of japanese cinema but it seems like it's much more of a modern take on it because there's a lot of like unlearning just like in america how we view like westerns now you know Mm -hmm. we kind of have like to change our perspective on it so i think that was really interesting i also loved how i feel like an issue that it first off minus one balances monsters and humans perfectly 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 and i think that one of the reasons it does it so well is that the thematics of the characters and the thematics of Godzilla are linked. Whereas sometimes it's like Godzilla's attacking. And then the human thing is like, Oh, I divorced my wife. And it's like, why am I watching a divorce movie that has nothing to do with Godzilla? My kids with Godzilla... my, my ex-wife and she's not a good person. That's yeah. And it's I like, thought. what that has nothing to do with Godzilla. Why am I watching this? My and then at the end, it's about family, like, but it's but so different. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, 
the MonsterVerse ones, the thematics are so weak because it's just like, oh, I miss my ex-wife. Godzilla's, oh, look, Godzilla's attacking. Oh, I miss my ex-wife. Whereas, like, this one, I won't spoil anything, but the what the character goes through and what happens with Godzilla is linked. And I think that makes it, the human scene's not boring because it's mm-hmm. continually building upon what it's trying to I say. I love his humanness one. It was compelling yes. oh, yeah. time. Yeah. They had clear motives and like actual emotions and character arcs and things. Um, and when they experience tragedy, you really feel it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think this one has, well, I said the scale was best in 2014. I think this one has the best view of destruction mm-hmm. on this list. Just seeing things completely just gone was yeah. like, the, and a great like thematic parallel to what happened in real life. Yeah. The way this, like- the way this does atomic uh-huh. breath is incredible. Um, it not only does it look amazing, it is terrifying compared to like other iterations. And it's so quick. Same thing. So quick. It's just in, like instant. It's just gone. Like wow. Yeah. I like how it evokes the atomic bomb specifically. Like yeah. mm-hmm. on a mushroom cloud, like expanding like that. Uh, and I think that it this movie benefits from being a solo Godzilla movie where you don't have to like power scale his atomic breath with like the other monster. It can just be Godzilla and his atomic breath might be like the most powerful. I haven't seen every Godzilla movie, maybe some of the yeah. 80s and 90s one, but from the ones I've seen, this is the most powerful atomic breath. Uh, and it j- definitely evokes that atomic bomb rather than just like breathing a energy beam. I love the theme of just try and survive, just live. Mm-hmm. That's so, so prominent in this. And yeah. It's just great. Yay or nay on minus one, y'all. Who would have think? Yay. <laughs> yay. Very, very big yay. yay. So we're not going to harp on um, we're gonna harp on the Godzilla minus one too long because we all really loved it. Yes. And we're going to end today with our super weird story. Josh, what the fuck is that? I don't know anything about anything. And this is when Sean just yells at me about things. I go, huh, that's weird. That's how I describe everything in the podcast, I feel like. Um, no, I'm kidding. So this is a segment where um, I tell Josh um, a thing about comic books or superheroes and have him blind react to it, usually. And Sinjin, since his comic book knowledge is probably also a little bit limited, a little bit, I would assume, um, you also can blind react and have fun with this. So I found something that's a little interesting that also pertains to our topic today. Let's talk about Godzilla battling the Avengers. How do, we get, how do we get to this point? Give me a second, we'll get there. Okay, so, off the coast of Alaska, a giant iceberg shatters from within. Soon, Godzilla emerges from the frozen debris. Going ashore, the giant creature destroys a section of the Alaskan pipeline and terrorizes everyone in the vicinity before being controlled by the forces of S.H.I.E.L.D., led by Nick Fury's right-hand man, Dum Dum Dugan. Proving to be near and vulnerable, Godzilla heads to the continental United States, landing in Seattle and blazing a path eastward making stops and wreaking havoc in San Francisco, Nevada, and Salt Lake City with a shield helicarrier in constant pursuit. By the end of of his cross-country journey, Godzilla will have made it all the way to New York City and battled not not just other giant monsters, but also those of superheroes, including Fantastic Four, key members of the Avengers, Thor, Iron Man, The Vision, Yellow Jacket, and the Wasp, before returning to the sea. This happened. Um, (laughs) That's some hype, honestly. uh, Yeah, for 24 issues... Running from 1977 to 1979, Marvel Comics published Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which saw the title character marauding across the United States soil for the very first time. 
before mm-hmm. the 98 film, before Gareth uh, Edwards' 2014 version, but more than just an American Odyssey, the comic series, there was also a sojourn through the, you know, uh, it was also a journey through the Marvel Universe, uh, written by Doug Minch uh, and illustrated by, primarily by Herb uh, Trimpe, with Tom Sutton filling up two issues. This is awesome to me. This, here's the first comic issue we get, it, uh, cover, it's loading right now on Discord for you all. This is Godzilla, King of the Monsters, first issue joining the Marvel world. Did you say the name of it was Godzilla, King of the Monsters? Yes. It's not even like Godzilla versus the Avengers or anything like well, that? Well, that, that's what happens eventually. This oh, is a series. Okay. That's it's like, like 24 that... issues. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah, this is a 24 issue <clears throat> series from 77 to 79 where Godzilla was just on a journey from Alaska, pretty much, to New York, where he ends up fighting the Avengers. Huh. I don't hate it, actually. I, I like so, the idea of him going to the place with the most skyscrapers. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mensch uh, had already written stories from uh, monsters from Marvel, including Dracula Lives, Werewolf by Night, which is also now a uh, special on mm-hmm. Disney+, Plus, mm-hmm. and The Frankenstein Monster. He liked classic movie monsters, um, but Godzilla was not one of them he liked. So he thought, why not make it into comics, <laughs> basically? Uh, people in his neighborhood, kids in his neighborhood, said he, th- he said they were crazy about Godzilla. Uh, so he told Stan Lee that he would want to put uh, more emphasis on a kid angle, do things that he thought kids would really want to see in a way that adults would also enjoy too. And Stan said, I like it, great, yeah, go for it. So that's why he decided to do Godzilla specifically. Because um, he thought, you know, kids like monsters and stuff, why not? And he portrayed Godzilla albeit ambiguously, as a basically a force for good. He says he took cues from the uh, from the movies of that time period. They include two notorious entries, Godzilla vs. Megalon, uh, for, in, released in the United States in 1976. Have you seen that one, Sinjin? Yeah. Okay, what is that like? It's another one. It kind it's not of, a Jaguar? Um, Hold on. Yeah, that's the one with Jet Jaguar in it. Okay, um, interesting. It reminds me of the modern Godzilla vs. Kong, where it's like the inner earth or whatever because there's Uh like a basically atlantis like there's like an underwater people uh and then they released megalon you know who that is i'm not familiar i didn't know it was a giant cockroach because it doesn't look like a cockroach to me but he had like (laughs) drills for hands and then like out of his like okay horn antenna thing shoot like lightning or something it's a fun one. It's a silly so, one, but it's a fun one. Jet Jack inspired by that movie as well as um, Godzilla on Monster Island, also titled Godzilla vs. Gigan in Japan, mm. which features Godzilla and Anguirus. 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 Um, speaking to each other and stuff. And so speaking to each other of words. Uh, one of my least favorite parts is that they have little text bubbles pop up in the movie <laughs> of Godzilla and Anguirus talking. So, Awful. For reference, it. that's what the writer of this had seen and used as a reference. These two movies. Those are both fun. Which, probably a fun vibe, I guess, for Marvel. Monster Island was actually screened for members of Marvel's creative staff, including Mention Lee, by Toho executives before the film's U.S. theatrical release in 77. So, Toho screened for Marvel creative staff 1977's Monster Island, and Mentor calls thinking it was a piece of crap. But Stan was saying next to him, shoot, uh, hooting, hollering, and clapping. He went crazy in the fight scenes, shouting, go, get him, Godzi, which is amazing for your Stanley like that. <laughs> I'm so far on board with all of this. Just saying. 
noted comic writer Roger Stern, a Marvel editor at the time, was also at the screening saying, he said, Stan was trying to show enthusiasm in front of the Toho executives. They were three or four Japanese businessmen who looked like they came right out of central casting, short, dressed in dark suits, very buttoned up, and serious. And all of us Marvel people were cracking up from the movie and from Stan. The Toho execs didn't know what to make of it. At the end, after we've watched a terrible movie with all these awful special effects, Stan shouted, take that, Star Wars, and we cracked up again. The Toho execs sat there stone-faced, wondering what was going on with us. <laughs> Which is That's just beautiful. a journey. That's beautiful. Um, it is beautiful. The Godzilla, Godzilla movies of the era also tended to feature young boys as one of the central characters, as I'm sure you're aware of now. To that end, Mensch introduced 12-year-old Rob Taku, Takaguchi, who would serve as a surrogate for the comic's younger readers. Uh, accompanying his grandfather, scientist Yuriko Takaguchi, who is called in to assist S.H.I.E.L.D., Young Rob sees Godzilla as a hero and works to thwart any attempt to harm and kill the creature. Well, that's kind of similar to a lot of the vibes we've seen already, actually. And Rob's role in the series reaches its apex in issues 7 through 13 when he takes control of a giant robot called Red Ronin, built to subdue Godzilla and uses it to come on the, uh, to the monster's aid against S.H.I.E.L.D. and other giant creatures. Speaking of which, the rest of Toho's stable of monsters, including Mothra, Rodan, Godira, never appeared in the comic. Mench said, we would have to pay Toho the same amount for each one. It was such a shoestring profit margin that there was no way Marvel could afford them. Which is fair, but because, you know, monsters got to be portrayed well. As a result, Mench created his own oversized monsters for Godzilla to battle, like Batagon, oh sorry, Batragon, a bat mutated by a deranged geneticist calling himself Dr. Demonicus, as well as <laughs> Yetragar, a Sasquatch-like creature exposed to radiation and the Mega Monsters, three alien beasts sent to Earth by their masters to prepare our planet for conquest. What are your thoughts on this so far? I want it. I need it, actually. <laughs> so would you now watch the Marvel uh, movies having Godzilla in them? Yes. It'd be such a, a left turn, but such an entertaining left turn. This is going to get weirder. I'm so sorry. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Across the Marvel Universe, so according to Mench, the decision to set the Godzilla comic in the Marvel Universe was made before he signed on. Uh, it might have come from Stan or Archie Goen, who was the editor-in-chief at the time. He says, I said, okay, that kind of makes sense, but I foresee future difficulties doing it that way. Toho owns Godzilla, and we own the Marvel characters, and now we're going to mix them together. Um, when the licensing agreement expires, what's going to happen to all the material? Archie said, that's not our problem. <laughs> and it did delay the series being re reprinted for a long time. I think it is your problem, Marvel. Tasked with integrating Godzilla into the Marvel Universe, Mensch knew he didn't uh, want to take a guest star of the month approach. Archie suggested that we use some minor char Marvel characters that could be in every issue. He just, he says, we decided on S.H.I.E.L.D., but then we were told we couldn't have Nick Fury. That was fine with me, because I like Dum Dum Dugan more anyways. Uh, he was... More fun going up, going up against Godzilla. Nick Fury is too serious. I wanted to be the comp. I wanted the comp to be goofy and breezy. This is just the right vibe. I feel like, and basically by issue three, he was in San Francisco, and the suggestions started coming in from above about possible guest stars. Little did I know when we started, Mench says that I would get constant pressures put in stuff like the Champions, really low grade Marvel characters. I thought a superhero team based in Los Angeles, the Champions, started uh, in their own short-lived series from seventy-five to seventy-seven. Which had Black Widow, Iceman, Angel, Ghost Rider, Demi and Hercules from the you know Greek mythology, Hercules, and the champions were never a top seller. So the team's appearance in Godzilla was intended to boost reader interest. It did not work at all. 
The series was canceled several, several months later. Too late to spare Mensch from a, writing a story he would have preferred to skip. Let's show you all. I'm going to show you an issue about a rat. We got this one. This is going to be fun. Also, Marvel canon. I love this Marvel so, canon that we're in right now. <laughs> Mensch had no qualms about using key elements uh, from Marvel Universe as long as they served the stories, which is good. Uh, Dr. Takiguchi had a, uh, and a colleague decide that the best way to contain and study Godzilla is to reduce him in size. So Hank Pym, formerly Ant-Man at the time, was called upon to provide shrinking technology. Hank was the only Marvel character that, that was um, that was his idea to bring Godzilla, Mensch said. The shrinking process works. Godzilla is placed in a cage about the, about the size of a microwave oven. Um, and of course, later he escapes, roaming the sewers under Manhattan. <laughs> I, this this is the one problem with putting Godzilla in something like the Marvel Universe is that a solution to stopping him is honestly kind of really easy when you have Ant-Man on your side. Little Godzilla finds himself battling a vicious creature that proves to be a real challenge for him, a rat protecting its turf. <laughs> Eventually, so Godzilla starts to grow larger, and when he hits six feet, he ends up on the docks in a physical altercation with Dum Dum Dugan. A fellow shield and, uh, and fellow shield agent Gabriel Jones, who try to recapture. So now Godzilla is six feet human size, fighting Dum Dum Dugan from the, from Howling Commandos. I would love to see a, a human sized Godzilla get into a fist fight with someone. That sounds amazing. Keep in mind, Dum Dugan's also in the MCU. He's in Captain America: The First Avenger, played by Neil mm. McDonough. Imagine that mustachioed man fighting like Toho's Godzilla minus one, shrunk down. I, I am imagining that, and that's why I'm happy. It's beautiful. <laughs> why did this happen, though? Look, the 70s um, were a weird time. So as we can know now, the shrinking didn't last, so he start, he keeps growing more, reaching 20 feet, wandering the city. He attracts the attention of Fantastic Four, who find him a formidable opponent. And I think it's amazing. The Fantastic Four now in the mix. It was not too much of a stretch now to bring in another Marvel trope. Doctor Doom's time machine got involved, as it uh, does. Which Reed, which Reed Richards uses to send Godzilla home in quotes back to the age of the dinosaurs, thinking he's like just a dino. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ninety-five million years ago, to live in peace away from humans, there Godzilla encounters the crimson-skinned Tyrannosaurus, Tyrannosaurus-like devil dinosaur, and his ape-like companion Moon Boy. Who were recent additions to Marvel Universe created by Jack Kirby, which it's actually is like a going. Moon Boy like thing, like immediate. I think it's like a show or something. It's a uh, Double Dinosaur and Moon Girl. Yeah, Moon Girl. So they changed that up. Um, but I love this so much. So when this happened, uh, Mensch said, "That one I really didn't want to do, <laughs> but I was told <laughs> I really should do it, so I did." The Double Dinosaur story was right up uh, her Trimpe's alley, and they now had. Drawing Godzilla in a style reminiscent of Kirby's, and so it was very different. Mensch also displays an overall lack of enthusiasm for his next storyline, which turned out to be the last one in it. Godzilla thrust back to present day. Notice it does not say how it happened. <laughs> He's not just back. <laughs> he thrust back to the present and restored to his full size. Again, this isn't said how it happened. Lumber through Manhattan and faces off against the combined might of the Fantastic Four and the Avengers. Even Spider-Man shows up for a cameo. It, uh, he says it just does not feel like a natural fit. But there was one Marvel character that readers requested more than any other that Mench was never quite willing to use. Do you guys can guess who it was? Wolverine. Who, who, would, who would readers want to see fight a giant monster? The Hulk? Yes. 
and Mens refused, and it never happened. In another timeline, <laughs> we, we get that religious experience. It would make perfect sense. Hulk and Godzilla are both products of radiation. Both are powerful engines of destruction. And Herb Trimpe, who is right, uh, did a lot of art for the Godzilla series, was one of the definitive Hulk artists. So it made a lot of sense. But Trimpe himself was apparently the obstacle. Uh, Herb said to Mensch that he was never going to draw the Hulk again. <laughs> uh, uh, Mensch said, I have no doubt about that. No doubt about the memory. I suggested it time and again. Uh, and Trim Trimpe died in 2015, remembering things differently. In a 2001 interview with G-Fan Magazine, he said he didn't know why Godzilla never fought the Hulk. It's a wonder why we never did that at the time, and or pushed to do it. He said, I would have loved to have drawn that again. So, no clue why it didn't happen. They didn't agree on that one. It's confusing. If Trimpe did indeed boycott the Hulk, it was only for a brief time since he was drawing the character again regularly in The Defenders in a, and in occasional short-term projects later on. I'm going to show you another fun image of Godzilla fighting a mech from the, from the same series. There you go. Why is this happening? Can we just... Why? <laughs> Lastly, pretty much, Marvel's Godzilla <laughs> concluded with issue 24, but not due to low sales or dissatisfaction from Toho. They never objected from a single thing they did. So Toho is always fine. <laughs> As the contract came up for renewal, Toho decided to increase the fee that Marvel was paying for the publishing rights. Uh, to an extent that Marvel chose to discontinue the series, which is a shame, I say. Yes. Bring Godzilla for the next... It's no, uh, no longer Kang fighting with the Avengers now in Secret Wars. It's going to be Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> I'm done with that. Um, Mench said it almost ended after the after the 12th issue. They had a one-year contract and was told that Toho tried a double licensing fee after one year. Marvel and Toho managed to come to terms for a second year, but couldn't do it for, do it for a third. The Godzilla license uh, eventually ended up at Dark Horse Comics and more recently at IDW Publishing. Today, with both Godzilla and Marvel standing as in at powerhouses, I think this should happen. Just saying. I think, uh, and Mench said recently, especially if Disney buys Toho, they're buying everything else, why not? Just make Godzilla happen. I want to see Godzilla in the MCU. I, I want to see him in the MCU, but now I want to see what he would be like in the DC universe. Yeah, I See how the, the monster verse went. I want to see you know, Batman versus Superman duking it out, and then Godzilla just like shows up, and then they have to like. I think he fits in the DC universe. I just want to see like Godzilla human size just fist fighting someone. <laughs> That's the best thing to come from this. Or in, um, fighting a rat in the sewer of Manhattan. In the Godzilla movie, where the little boy is having the dreams about. Godzilla and Minila. Mm -hmm. Uh in that one, Minila like shrinks down to human size. Like to little little boy's size. So they're like height and height. Okay. And um then uh Godzilla like calls his son in and he just kinda like grows into like baby Godzilla size, so like bigger than a child, but still like smaller than Godzilla. So it's not the first time we've had a human sized Godzilla. <laughs> See, the fact that we never, um, this never, this article never addressed how he got back from Jurassic period <laughs> to, to real time or full size again fully. I love that. Yeah, next issue, I don't need an explanation. No, it's fun. I like that the solution, though, was, you know, a Doctor Doom time travel machine. Get him, yeah. the, get him to the dinos. That makes sense. Also, wouldn't that alter our history, probably? I feel like I would change some things. No. 
Not at all. No, no nothing would change at all. In, um, uh, Godzilla versus Megalon, Jet Jaguar's in there, and Jet Jaguar is controlled by like something else, and then he kind of gets his own autonomy, and then he starts like growing large because he's like human sized, and then he randomly starts growing large as big as the kaiju's. And they explain it by just saying, like, oh, now that he has full control, he can reprogram himself. I don't think you can reprogram to grow the size of Godzilla. Like, where's the extra, like, material coming from? Where? I don't know what... You know, physics don't apply in Godzilla. We don't need physics for Godzilla's life. (laughs) Um, Okay, this is a fun story. I am intrigued by it. I want to know how this... I want to. I want to hear Stanley say, "Take that, Star Wars," referencing an old Godzilla movie. Yeah, I in, agree. In person, I love that this happened. I love everything about it. I love they did it because you know we need more kid readers. Let's add a, a giant dinosaur. It. That's a good plan. Yep. yep. And that's our episode today, Sinjin. Where can people find you online? Uh, on YouTube at Sinjin Chapman, and then on TikTok at uh, Sinjin Watches Movies, and also on Letterboxd under the same thing nice uh josh where people find you online youtube uh josh rudolph uh Lairbox, nerd for film 28 uh instagram j underscore really 16 and twitter at j underscore really 28 he needs consistency still never uh you can find me on twitter and uh, twitter at the theater nerd and tiktok and instagram at that nerd in theater and you can follow the show on twitter Tweet at us with hashtag GeekSpeakPod or at GeekSpeakPod, or you can email us at podgeekspeak at gmail.com, or join our Discord now in the description to berate us more questions about Godzilla that I'm sure Sinjin would love to answer for you. Uh, no, it'd be, it's a really fun time, and hope to see you all there. And you, yeah, thank you for listening. It's been a really fun time. A lot of mm-hmm. big dino boy. <laughs> yeah, any final thoughts, anyone, on any of this today? I've seen a lot of giant animals and... I don't know if that's too much for me for one week. Maybe it's not. Who knows? I still have like 20 more Godzilla movies to get through and then I'll see them all. But okay. uh, I'll get there in like a month. Okay. Thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. Um, be sure to follow the show and like, comment, review every you can. Have a good, have a good day. Bye. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.